0: hey
1: everyone welcome to game face episode 210 that's what i'm gonna weigh if this quarantine doesn't end soon (laughs) this is the flagship show of uh sifted games at sifted.net we're gonna spin you around the gaming industry for the next couple hours Talk about all the big games and stories that are cracking off right now. Uh, sifted is 100% supported by Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash sifted. Uh, sifted is an ad-free website, so we get all our revenue from generous donations from our patrons. Head on over there and kick us up a couple bucks if you like our content. we got a big show today. We're going to talk about three games that we've been playing, which is a change from some of the more recent episodes where we've been talking about news stories, and things like that. Along with me to discuss this stuff is Matt Kyle. What's going on, Matt? Hey, same thing's been going on the last six weeks. (laughs) I am so over this. Everybody is. Like, everyone's starting to freak out and, like, it's... I don't know. It's crazy right now. It's because we're at this inflection point where people are ready, like the dam's ready to break. But it's like the worst time for the dam to break. It's just it's bad. So just hanging in there, staying at home. (laughs) The piper will be paid at the end of June. Believe you me. Yep. Uh, And also along with us, we have Mitch Sikorsky. Uh, Mitch, what's going on, man? Uh, We launched a project
0: today on our new show, Sifted HQ. Mitch, why don't you talk about it very quickly? Sure. Um, I don't have a PC and want to build one, so I had already came up with some specs in mind, and with the price point I had, and with the things I wanted to do, um, I came up with one. But this is a time for people to let me know if I made a good PC or if they recommend something else. I'm um, already can say right now, a couple of my parts I put on the show this morning, they're sold out. So oh, geez. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh say, switch out some parts but i do appreciate i've already seen some stuff this morning of people making recommendations that i can switch out some of these parts for and some people have said i've done a good job so i i really appreciate everything that's been coming feedback wise and just keep it coming because the more i know the more we can make a really cool pc and then you get to see me build it and the performance at the end
1: and the payoff is ultimately if you're a patron to sifted this project is going to bear fruit for you because he will use it to create content for the site. So uh, the whole idea is that it's interactive. We know that there are some hardcore PC gamers on Sifted, and you guys know your stuff. And we want you guys to help Mitch build his PC. He has a budget, uh, and he has wants and needs for the build. And uh, we are going to work with you guys over the course of four episodes uh, to build a PC for Mitch. So go check out Sifted HQ. Uh, watch today's episode it just went up today and you can help uh help mitch help you i guess is the best way to put it so anyway let's get on with the show we have a ton of topics so can't tarry too long uh let's kick things off with a game we discussed last week but unfortunately last week i was the only person who had played it at that point and the game is gears tactics we're not going to spend as much time as we did last week but matt has been playing it uh, we always want to offer differing opinions on each game. And so we want to talk to Matt about what his experiences are, how they differ from mine. And I've also continued to play. Um, and so my opinions on the game have changed a little bit since last week. Not a ton. Uh, but anyway, Matt, what are your impressions of Gears Tactics? I mean, not too different from yours,
2: really. Uh, I'm at the end of Act 1. Okay. Um, so you just had your uh, first boss fight. Yeah. And, uh, like, I like it. Like, it's... it's um, it is somewhat simplified uh, compared to like other turn-based strategy games, but I don't particularly get into the the weeds on turn-based strategy much. So like it's pretty closer. It's closer to my speed, really. Um, and I like that there's sort of the upgrade system and the base build, there's not base building but there's like sort of like you go back to base and upgrade everybody and sort of like you know kind of take stock and then go back out open all your and, loot
1: boxes yeah. get all your new stuff, equip all your new stuff onto your party And then... I like that
2: part, I don't miss kind of the XCOM style like horrible things keep happening no matter what you do
1: just these weird emergencies that crop yeah. up in XCOM just like the oh they've in, they've invaded our base and there's like 50 dudes and you only have three people to kill all of them Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss that either.
2: There's things where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you, 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 if you go over and do this, like time's going to pass and this, this country's going to leave you alone. Like, well, then why don't we send more people over there? Like, yeah, I can only get six dudes. Like what's going on? Um, so this is, you know, very linear. There's not really any side stuff except like the closest thing to a side mission is running off to one side to pick up like a box. Yeah. Crates. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but that's fine. Like, I got. I don't mind. I don't really miss the 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 franticness of XCOM on this. And we'll get to another XCOM, XCOM game later in the show. But um, uh, and I like uh, uh the characters and and the story. I mean, the story isn't specific, especially compelling because I don't find prequels particularly interesting uh, in this regard. It's like I, I
1: know I know what happens, um, but I do there is, like. I'll say this: there is one pretty big revelation in this game that adds a lot to Gears lore. Like I was shocked that it was in this game. There's a big reveal. I think it's in chapter, it might be the end of chapter two at the beginning of chapter three, uh, where you find out something about the locust that I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. um, the story, I'd agree, the story's not great, but it's not bad either. No, there are production actors, there are actually, value's there. Yeah, there are actually some scenes that are pretty well written. I've been pleasantly surprised at times by some of the performances <laughs> from the voice actors, some of the writing in it. Yeah, um, I kind but, of, like, it's It's like Last of Us to me. It's like, I don't
2: think the overall story is particularly compelling so far, but, like, the characters and moment-to-moment stuff keep you going. Yeah. Um, and sort of the, the question of why Gabe is the way he is and you know, everybody mocking him for being motor pool guy, and apparently he used to be sort of a badass, and that's where they came to get it. like it's You know, it, you don't miss the old characters.
1: Yeah. At least I don't. Yeah. Um, so, you're at the point I was at, basically, last week when I talked about the game. Mm-hmm. So, I have continued to play a lot more. In fact, I would say, in the middle of last week, I was addicted to Gears Tactics. Um, it was one of those things where I've been obviously playing it on PC, so... While I work, if I'm waiting for something to render or I just have like 10 minutes I need to kill while something else is happening, I'll just pop it up on the window and just play. And it's great because you can just take a turn and then go away and come back and pick it right back up. And so I got pretty hopelessly addicted to that game last week. It started to have that civilization like kind of takeover element on me Mm -hmm. because it's just it's that same thing it's that one more turn one more turn I have time for one more turn and you just keep doing it and doing it Uh, but I would say over the weekend when I actually had a little bit of time to actually dedicate and play it in like a, a big bigger chunk instead of just like 10 minutes here 30 minutes there uh, I I did start to sour on the game a little bit. And and a big part of that is because in all honesty and I hardly ever say this, the game is just too big. It doesn't have enough variety to buoy the game for as long as it is. So you haven't got to the point I feel like yet. that's a pretty constant Gears problem. It could frankly. be you haven't quite got to the point yet where the mission objectives really start repeating. Like there are there's there are a handful of object, of objectives. Um, One of them that I really hate and I got really sick of, I don't even know if you've done one yet, is where there's a red line that you constantly have to be ahead of because they bombard you Mm. if you're not past that line. No, I haven't done that, but I have
2: done the one where um, basically you're just supposed to go in, like the third or fourth mission where you're supposed to go in and rescue prisoners, and they only let you take two people. Yep. And And this is like... Two it's like oh we prisoners. gotta get two things. And you have like fifteen turns to do it, and it's um, and they're just like well, You know a whole squad would just slow us down. Like no, it wouldn't. You could split into two groups yeah. and go get them. At the same. That yeah. doesn't make any
1: fucking sense. Well, later on, um, Matt, one of the other mission common mission objectives is you'll get two points that you have to capture and defend. And then as you capture them, you get supplies. And then there's like a bar that goes back and forth. You've how many packages you've got versus the the enemy. Um, and then there it gets to a point where there are two points, and you only have two pl- two characters. So you have to basically go and take and defend a point with one person. Um, but those four or five different mission types just repeat over and over. In um, the side missions, I said last week that they don't really give you any latitude. They're not really side missions, and they're not. But how they do work is you get presented with, like, three of them and you need to complete two or you get presented with four and you need to complete three. So there's a little bit of latitude, but those were also the sections of the game that ultimately caused me to stop playing. Um, I got to the next one of those screens where it shows like four different mission types just to get to the next chapter of the game. And I was like, all right, I think I'm done. Hmm. Um, will I go back and finish it? I don't know. Um, but it was, if look, if it, it's a $60 game. And I've got more than my money's worth. If I had spent $60 for the game, which fortunately I didn't have to buy it, but if I had, I would not regret the purchase decision at all. So um, it's good. It's really good. I've not played the next XCOM, which we're going to discuss in a couple minutes here. Um, But it's the most I've enjoyed a turn-based strategy game in quite a while. John Wick Hex comes out today for PlayStation 4. Um, It's already out for PC. And this is way better than that as well. So it's been quite a while. Maybe the first XCOM was the last game that I enjoyed as much as this one in the genre. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the last turn-based strategy game I really enjoyed was Fire Emblem Three Houses.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. A little more RPG-ish than this one, but yeah, I, I can understand. There's very similar games. So yeah, I guess I would say that would be for me too. Um, and I will say this too about Three Houses is that it held up a lot longer Because it was an RP, it had RPG elements. This Mm -hmm. doesn't really have those. It has light versions of it, but um, yeah, I think that's a lot of them. I mean,
2: I liked XCOM, Enemy Enemy Unknown, and XCOM Two, and um, uh, what was the one that just uh, BattleTech? Um, Like, I like the the games, but like I burn out on them real fast Um, because I feel like they both run out of ideas, and they also sort of get challenging. Enough through the like the, the, you set up challenging ideas, but then you hit like kind of the randomness that annoys the shit out of me and missing the eighty-seven yeah. percent shot and you're and losing a guy. And that's yeah. like the, the the fulcrum the entire mission fails on is because uh-huh, you missed yeah. that one shot. I'm just like, well, now like that's fifteen yeah, because, minutes gone. And yeah, because some
1: of the missions they have so each mission has like conditions that you can satisfy, mm-hmm. and each mission generally has three cases that you collect. Some of them have four or five though later on in the game um so you collect these cases that are scattered all over the map and <clears throat> and then when you finish the mission you go back and they're basically the the loot boxes i was talking about last week that you open up you get all your stuff and then then you equip it all um but and there's, the skill trees go pretty deep. I will say that. So it, when you're talking about, you know, RPG elements, I guess that part of it is pretty deep because each character has, like, four different branches that they can go out on, and each branch has, I don't know, like, probably 20 different things you can upgrade, something like that. Um, yeah, you don't get to run around a school and talk to everybody, but, like, it, yeah. it has plenty of,
2: of SRPG elements built into it.
1: Yeah. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. Um, Matt, would you recommend Gears Tactics for purchase? Yeah, I think I would if you like Gears
2: and or the turn based strategy thing or curious about it. It it does it very well. Um if you have Game Pass, absolutely Oh yeah, you um, should mention that actually how so, that works. Yeah, well I had uh I guess I have Ultimate Game Pass because I think I got it when they did the post E three deal last year and just kept that subscription rolling, so I was able to just download it and play it. Like no problem. And look, that thing, that's like fifteen bucks a month, I think. And like between this and Gears Five and um, Outer Worlds, like I think, like I've paid way less over the course of like a year than I would have for like just the four games I played on it. So yep. it really is with, like one of the best deals going in terms of like because just because it, it wouldn't be so much if it was like a later thing, but the fact they give you day one access to these huge AAA games that they're putting out, like why yeah why would, especially now when you
1: can get it for a dollar if you don't have it. Now, one thing um, I will say is that I do not have Game Pass Ultimate. I just have the regular Game Pass. And the weird thing to me is that there's a separate Game Pass just for PC. Mm. And so this game is on Game Pass for PC, and you can get it for a dollar a month right now. So you can play this game for a buck. Yeah. Uh, so so well worth it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: the only other thing I would say is I played this both with mouse and keyboard, and with controller, and I don't think either works particularly well. And it's... I'd agree with that, actually. It's weird in that, like, it just feels awkward on both, and I don't know how they manage that. Um, Because at first I played with controller, because I'm like, I'll pretend it's like an Xbox game, because a lot of people are going to play this on their Xbox, and i will just do it. And it was okay, but, like, having to, like... Like, the way you choose between moving and using a move is weird, and there's a lot of, like, scrolling through options instead of, like... Which I think could have been, like, a more elegant solution and then i switched That i did that the first night i played it and then i went back to it i s- used mouse and, i'm like i'll use mouse and keyboard because i mean it is turn-based strategy it's probably meant for that but it's not really like because oh, one of the things still, i like yeah, i like about turn-based perfect. strategy is like most turn-based strategy games i can play one-handed i can just use the mouse yeah. and use my other hand to like browse stuff on my laptop or do whatever because you can in this and one. you can't because you have to use the numbers <laughs> to pick things and yeah. like even in the menus like Unless you move the mouse all the way down to the corner to hit like the enter thing, you can't like just click to continue or is it, you have to go all the way, you have to hit the enter button on the, yeah. on the keyboard. It's bizarre. Like, I don't. It
1: took me a while to learn the interface and learn all the options that each character has on each turn and, you know, select because selecting each weapon creates yeah, a whole new list of everything. things. Yeah. It's like it was just weird because like, I'm used to it now
2: because I've been playing probably like four hours. But like early on I'm like this is like the worst of both worlds somehow yeah. like <laughs> they it, tried it to find weird. a middle
1: ground and didn't satisfy either No nah, it's, it's
2: not quite there I, I I I mean it doesn't ruin anything it's not like bad it doesn't it's not like a barrier to play or anything but it's just I'm early on when I first started like the first two missions I was constantly like hitting things in the interface I was like really?
1: Oh yeah that's, that's I've a also choice. accidentally okay. clicked and like doomed a mission like, just my, maybe that's just my mouse. It's really sensitive. Um, I haven't done that yet. I've what done you that at do XCOM, you, though. Yeah, because what you do is you trace the line with your character to see mm-hmm. how far the character can go, if he can fit into cover and things like that. And I've, I was stretching, like, really far with my arm, and I guess I just put too much pressure on it and clicked, and I just, it completely failed a mission. And that's the other thing. These missions can take a while sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are short, but some of them can take a while Cause you just end up grinding it out, just healing your people and taking your pot shots when you can get them. Um, I do love the Overwatch in this game. It adds a nice element of strategy to it. Yeah, the Overwatch has done well in this. Um,
2: yeah. It's the same as as XCOM to some degree, but like I yep. love the fact that you can use your whole turn to just fire three times in Overwatch if you know like a bunch of like a bunch of enemies are coming for a bunch of grubs are coming at you or something. Especially the what are the little guys? I don't remember. You know, little guys that swarm you. The, like the ones that
1: explode,
2: or the ones that just no, swipe the, you. like
1: just the little like half little grunts. you, uh, know you like may not have got to the exploding guys yet. Actually, <laughs> they're a no. lot of fun. <laughs> yeah,
2: but just those when those guys come in and there's like six of them, and you're just like, I'll oh, just set up with the Overwatch and they'll take them out as they roll in, and like that's that's satisfying. And it also feels very Gears. Like yeah, they, it does. They, they the really got the feel. It feels like playing a Gears of War game. Like it's, I'm impressed that they made, t- they made a turn-based game and it like actually. Feels like I know what I'm playing. It doesn't yeah, feel like sure. just like a, a like a generic turn-based game like hosed down in gears juice. It's a real gears game.
1: Yeah, and like I said, there's important stuff that happens in the story that gears fans will want to know about. They may just want to watch videos on YouTube or whatever. But yeah, there's some uh, some pretty big happenings that take place in this game. That there's people in the chat are asking what Overwatch is. Oh, okay. So I explained it last week, but then yeah. But Overwatch is once you have a character set up, instead of attacking an enemy. You can basically set up a cone of influence. It's kind of like the passing cone in the old Madden games. And it's like a a cone shape that you can move. And depending on if they have a sniper rifle, the cone's really narrow and it can go a long way. If they have a shotgun, it's really wide, but it's not very far. And if you have like an assault rifle, then it's kind of in between. And you just set your character up. And if an enemy walks into that zone of that cone of influence, then you automatically shoot them. And it's not even your turn. So you're attacking on their turn. The other important part about it is is that it interrupts. Um, so Matt was talking about those small guys that just will run up and they'll swipe you. And they take a ton of health off of you as well. Well, anytime you shoot an enemy during Overwatch, it interrupts them and they can't keep rushing at you. They stop in their tracks. So there's a lot of stuff that, that you can use it for to add strategy or just to bail your butt out in all honesty. If like you have a character that's about to die and you need to heal it and you just need to kind of provide a shield from enemies coming in to swipe them... Um, yeah, so it adds a whole other layer to things. And as Matt has
0: mentioned, there's a similar mechanic in uh, XCOM as well. But I'm playing it. B-roll of it now, so they should see what it looks like.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, that's one thing that really stinks about doing this mobile, among like a million other things, is that we can't see the B-roll anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, When we do the show in the studio, we can see the footage that's playing. And a lot of times it like jogs my memory about something that I wanted to talk about. Um, things like that, but we can't do that anymore. We don't even know what's happening until the show's over. <laughs> I just see Matt's uh, chat window, and that's pretty much it. So, uh, But I do recommend Gears Tactics. Uh, it does, it grinds you down eventually. Uh, you have to have uh, some fortitude, I think, to finish it ultimately, but I got more than $60 worth of entertainment out of the game. I really, really enjoyed it up to a point, and I'd say I probably put in 24 hours, all told at this point, somewhere around there. So it's a big game. You'll definitely get your cash work. And Matt, I think that's a buy from you too.
2: Yeah. Uh, buy and definitely, or at the very least, it's a subscribe to game pass.
1: Yeah. For a buck, uh, man. It's
2: it's like a, the, particularly when it comes to Xbox, whenever that happens.
1: Yep. Yep. If you and don't want
2: to do a PC subscription for it.
1: Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a story that broke this morning. Um, it's rare that we get new stuff coming out on a Tuesday other than game releases that makes it into the show. But that's the case this week. Um, so it's interesting. I've talked about it before, but I was a skater for 12 years and hardcore, like skated every day uh, on weekends. Was a going, skater boy. I was, yes. Going on road trips to skate parks and driving to like Lansdowne, Maryland mm-hmm. to find this legendary old outdoor. Like I, I, I saw was, some
2: old pictures of that era this week yeah. on Facebook, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, and so... You can't even buy pants that length anymore. No. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so anyway, um, I, I was a skater. I was in skate culture. I was in the punk and hardcore scene. I, would, I was in it neck deep for like 12 years. So skateboarding games have always been near and dear to my heart. I don't know if anyone was happier when uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was first released way back when. Uh, to finally have a good 3D representation of skateboarding was something I thought I'd never see after years of playing games like TNC. And uh, in all honesty, skateboarding games pretty much sucked up until Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. 720 in the arcade. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, Basically, a modified paperboy game. If you really look at it, pretty much, yeah. But I, and it had like the swirly joystick on the yeah. arcade cabinet. Yeah, I loved Seven Twenty. But otherwise, skateboarding games have pretty much sucked. I didn't
2: know, know that. until that game that the natural enemy of skateboarders is actually bees.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's actually rednecks. But <laughs> at least that was my <laughs> mortal enemy when I skated. They hated us for for no reason whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, so you know, I was I've been a part of this culture for a long time. So it was exciting when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came along. Everybody else obviously realized the greatness of that game. The the franchise absolutely exploded for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, where they kind of refined the formula. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I was at GameSpot when that came out. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Ryan Davis or Jeff Gersman that actually did the review, but the game got a perfect 10. Uh, and it's what it was one of the few that GameSpot had given out. Now they're being a little more uh, a little more liberal with their tens. At the time, that was very unusual. It was huge, yeah, and bizarre. I
2: thought, but uh... yeah,
1: uh, well, I don't know. I worked with those guys every day, and they were huge Tony Hawk fans. And if mm. you watched them play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three, I think you would understand it because they were so good. At Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, that the things that they added in Pro Skater three completely changed the way that they played the game. Like I, I sat in a cube right next to Ryan Davis, and his TV was right there, so I got to watch him play anything he played all day, every day. And it would he they it, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater three took it to another level. And if you watched them play it, you totally got it immediately. So internally, at Gamespot's editorial team, nobody argued against it. Like, because mm-hmm. we could see it. Um, and, yeah, 3 was pretty much the end of my interest in the series. Well, um, what's intre- what I was getting towards is yeah. that, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it, because a ton of more games were released after that. But it was just a steady decline of interest in sales after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the franchise got to... me, two, that
2: series was basically platforming. 1 and 2 were
1: great it was the platformers. The platformer, the 3D platformer. Absolutely, yeah. it was. Um, and I think we even maybe classified it as that on GameSpot, if I remember correctly. You might um, it, have,
2: I think I remember arguing with someone over that because I agreed with that and they thought it didn't make any sense. It is, it absolutely it, But I'm it like, is. I don't know what else you'd call it. It's not a sports game, really.
1: Yeah, and then it ultimately, they started, it became bloated. They just kept putting more and more stuff in it. Like, the last one was Tony Hawk's Proving Ground. The last real one, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was from 2007. Just, just stop making me, tr- try, stop trying to make me care about Bam. It's, it's <laughs> Bam like, Margera? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about him anymore, man. He's he's a mess right now. He's trying to get his life back together. But, yeah, the money did not treat him particularly all well. All that stuff was like, all the like American Underground stuff, all that stuff was so weird, like, yeah, they tried to take it in this, like, narrative-driven way, and the writing was mm. awful. They were using the real skaters as actors and just motion-capturing cap- mm. motion them, and so the acting was terrible, the voice acting was bad. Like, the new features that they were adding, like uh, Proving Grounds, big new feature was, like, getting off your board and walking. And it was like, wait, I mean, and look, you can watch some people play it and the way that they mess with that mechanic can be pretty cool because they'll do tricks and then they'll run and then they'll jump and then they'll caveman slide down a rail or whatever. Um, but for most people, it just became absurd after a while. Um, and then they did a remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD. It was a travesty. It was awful. Mm-hmm. What year was that from? Was that 2015 maybe? <laughs>
2: That sounds about... Yeah, I think that was Ish. around the early the early Game phase days, because I think I remember you and Marcus talking about it. Yep, and since then, it has been crickets.
1: Activision yeah. Although, I'll
2: tell you something I played this week. I haven't played it forever, because I got an HDMI adapter for my original Xbox oh. this week, and so I played uh, Tony Hawk uh, 2X. Oh, bit, wow. Which is like the mashup of 1 and 2. Yeah, which yeah. Is like, I forgot about that. That shit's gold. It's yeah. just golden. And it was, it was great, because on the old Xbox, you could... Um, you could replace the music with your own mp3s if you put them on the game on the system's hard drive um which apparently i still have all those mp3s still on there because that's yeah. it's the original system and like i played that for a while i'm like that was great good. I, it, was, it was weird that like this
1: came out today because i'm like i just played tony hawk for the first time in like nine years today yeah. this week so i just went on a nostalgia trip this week as well i was digging out my n64 for a segment that i did for sifted hq And so I ended up getting into all these old bins full of stuff. And I got out my N64 and I used it for what I needed to use it for. And then I started like popping in my games. That that N64 literally hasn't probably been turned on in 15 years, maybe. Hmm. Something like that. And so I wondered like what was up with my carts and the saves on my carts because they're battery powered and often they disappear eventually. So I started popping in all my old N64 carts. And will you believe that all my saves are still there? still. Yeah. I mean those carts are 20 years old. Um yeah, well some I mean you'd think at this point
2: like at this point I think a lot of the Super Nintendo games with with battery backups are starting to die. 20 years seems to be about the so spat. they're right on the fringe, I guess. Yeah. Like my there, Zelda- are, I mean, there are ways to, to fix that. There's like ways to, to do that. And then like of course the ones that use the save on the on the controller pack, that's just flash memory. You'll never lose yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I'll never lose. They're they're all there still. Um but anyway, sorry for the tangent. Um so the big news is today it was leaked by a skater. And the reason I wanted to explain that I was a part of skate culture is because I'm going to explain now why this happened. So Uh, A skater, Jason Dill, and he's been around forever. He was a skater back when I skated. So he's been around for a really long time. And in all honesty, skaters just don't give AF. They just don't. Um, They don't care. They don't care about like NDAs and things like that. And so Jason Dill was on like a podcast this, this week and he just blurted out, there's a new Tony Hawks Pro Skater coming. It's coming out this year. He also let slip that there's a new skate coming, but here's the bad news is for mobile. (laughs) Mm. Um, Jason Dill has been involved in the pro skater franchise for a really long time. I I'm guessing he probably has great connections. He is friends with Tony Hawk and has been for a really long time. Tony Hawk has been hinting at things for quite a while. I I still watch skate videos on YouTube all the time uh, and he's in them a lot. just hanging out or whatever. And he has dropped hints at least Mm. six times in the last 12 he's months? Made, he's made some vague tweets, too. Like He's made
2: some tweets? Clearly, something was in the works like over the last year, because I do follow him on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. So, he he like, also so was I mean- on The Mass Singer recently, too, so he's oh, kind really? of been yeah. promoting himself <laughs> a little bit more. That's and funny. And i am like, oh, Tony Hawk's still around. Yeah, so what I'm getting at
1: is that I believe this news. Uh, Jason Dill wouldn't just say that. Uh, I know you guys don't know who he is, but I do. And he wouldn't just blurt that out if he didn't know something. So, and I don't know him personally, but I've known him for, you know, 20 years and he's you know just from media and stuff but anyway um so i do believe the news that a new tony hawk is on the way so now the question becomes what the hell do they do with it matt you're a big fan of the franchise do you think they should just chop it down and keep it simple um i mean i would
2: i would make something closer to tony hawk 2 than tony hawk american whatever whatever it was (laughs) American um, Proving Ground. Yeah, like I don't, I don't need some kind of weird open world, live your skateboarding fame dream thing. Like I, I still think of that when I see like like the terrible stories in like the Forza Horizon games and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's just like this point. I was like, dude, don't you just don't you can't do it to me. Like, don't patronize <laughs> me like that. Like, give me, just let me play the game.
1: Yeah, it's like admit that you're just something you're not good at yet, and yeah. just. Don't do it.
2: Like, I just want, I just give me like the old, the old, you know, first four games, which were just like a collection of really well-made levels and some really compelling mechanics. And Arcade scoring. Right around. Arcade, Arcade scoring. scoring. We get some multipliers, find the lines, find the, the skate letters. Get find the, the VHS tapes. <laughs> have a little tutorial that explains to children what they are. Um, you know, like just go back completely to
1: basics and, uh... And And nail it. Nail the basics. Just start over like you did with the first one. So the first one, great idea, but rough around the edges. But it was enough where you could see, okay, this is going to be something. Second one, sublime. And so Mm -hmm. do the same thing. Start with the basics. Create a game that plays really well, that's fun, that makes people want to replay it over and over again, like the first two Tony Hawk games. Then, with the sequel, you start... You know, flexing a little bit and adding some extra stuff to it. Um, I yeah, don't want to repeat I've the whole seen, cycle again,
2: though. <laughs> no, but I see. Like I see the Tony Hawk games a little bit like the Sonic games, where like that first the first one has that kind of like, oh, this, there's some promise here. There's some, they got some. Second one's like, oh, they refined it. They figured out kind of what things are. Like this is really well done. And then the third one, like some people love it. Some people got turned off at that point. The fourth one just sort of an extension of the third one. And then there's a whole mess of crap for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then maybe it's time to bring it all back. And like Sonic managed it, Tony Hawk might be able to manage it.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think if they do return to the core tenets of the franchise that made people love it, I think it can be successful. I also wonder, too, who will develop it or who who is developing it? It's coming out this year.
2: Also, I think if you can, you should, there should be a thing where if you can prove that you own, um, still own the skateboard from Tony Hawk ride you get like five (laughs) bucks
1: off you get it free bro (laughs) I have one in this closet right back here over my shoulder unopened brand in fact no I think it's right under this bed that's behind me right here covered in dust I'm sure Uh, (laughs) they should give it to you for free if you have one of those boards Um, but uh, I agree I I think they should simplify it but then I wonder too so who's gonna make it because Neversoft after the franchise went away was dissolved so it doesn't exist anymore Um, I do wonder if you put it in the hands of a more capable studio, do, does then the story stuff make a little more sense? Maybe,
2: but I, I don't know. Like the question becomes like, do you, are you still dedicated to having the skaters voice it? And because that's part of the problem. Also, like, I don't think that would work as well because you're going to want to like get the classic guys in there and they're all like 52 now and. Like, I don't know who what they'd be like if I was going to be forced to put a story in a Tony Hawk game, I would go completely batshit crazy yeah. and, make it, and make it like take place in a world where skateboarding is the entire end all be all of existence. And like Tony Hawk <laughs> yeah, and all like those, Tony Hawk and all those guys run like a Hogwarts for skateboarding <laughs> and like you go to like become like a skate wizard that would be awesome. <laughs> and shit. And like, that's like, it's all like an excuse for like, you're at like the skate academy <laughs> of something and like. That's the whole purpose is you're like getting a degree in skating. Yeah, and like they all get to play like kind of the the professors, <laughs> you know. It's so like so like they can one be goofy like, and weird. One like, is
1: like the street skating professor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's like the bowl skating professor. Yeah. The other's the vert ramp skating. Like, welcome professor. to the pool. you know, welcome
2: to the pool, boys. Like it's like, yeah, you know, the like, free like
1: the one's like a freestyle yeah. professor. Yeah, that could absolutely. You got go to go back to the
2: dorms and like there's like the, the evil <laughs> skate sk- skate house and there's like the good guys and there's like there's the technical guys and like the yeah. like the Ravenclaws who just like like do all the math on how the tricks work and stuff. Yeah,
1: there's like, skate betties. Fuck, I got
2: a pitch. Th- like, I think we got something. <laughs> I, I, stop that project. Start it over. I, <laughs> we, we got a better idea.
1: Uh, someone just mentioned in uh, chat game manual. I don't know if he, if it's manual because that's his name or if it's because he's a skater and he does manuals. Uh, but he does bring up that Skater access. I think XL, that's Rob Manual. Oh, it is? Uh, he brings up that it's Skater XL session and Skate Story are are also coming. There's a couple mobile games. Yeah, for, that that's definitely Rob too. if he's recommending all those indie things. That's true. That's a good point. What's up, Rob <laughs> Manuel? What's going on, brother? Hope you're doing that's an, well. That's
2: another. That's another X Play veteran.
1: It is. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. He was. Uh, he was my assistant. Uh, editorially at X Play, he handled all the the work. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. we he, we hired him originally so because like he did,
2: he wrote Yu Gi Oh strategy guides, and I yeah. knew that man, I wouldn't have to do the Yu Gi Oh reviews anymore. <laughs> that was that was my recommendation. Like, what do you think? I'm like, I think we should hire him, so I don't have to do this shit anymore. <laughs> and,
1: and so we did, and so he yeah. did. And that's uh, sneaky, Shnake, snake. I always have to say it that way is saying that uh, we're, we're old at talking about how we want uh, the new, the older games and that the newer generation wants a Tony Hawk's underground three. So I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's well, we got the gonna money. Be, so. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be never soft. Activision is not working with Tony Hawk. They they don't have a contract anymore. So it's I mean, probably- the fact that NeverSoft's not
2: around to make it anymore might be the best argument in favor of Sneaky <laughs> Shalid Snake's point. Because I don't know if I trust anyone to make that old school Tony Hawk again. So maybe eh. you should just bunt and make like a story driven.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is possible that Tony has reunited with Activision and that they have signed a contract and he's working with them again. But, yeah. he, ha- but he has. But I just don't know not- like
2: who you get to do it.
1: Yeah, but if he has not. Then it's not going to be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. It's going to be something else. Tony Hawk, blah blah blah, skate your brain off or something. I don't know. It's Tony Hawk Hogwarts, I guess, is what it's going to be. Um, so, Mitch, you're you're a fan of the franchise as well. What do you want in the next Tony Hawk game?
0: Um, I'm similar with you guys. I when Sneaky Solid Snake made that comment, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, I'm a youngin, and I my best memories of this game was Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. Like okay. I still have the jam-packed demo of that game where I can play a Spider-Man from the Spider-Man game. So, uh, you know, the more archaic it is and, you know, um, easily accessible the game is, I think that's its bread and butter of that franchise. skate It's like I a-
1: said, it transcended, right? Because yeah. I was a skater. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then it turned out it was so damn good that it transcended skaters and it just became a phenomenon. Yeah. And yeah. I think one of
2: the reasons that happened is because it was so pick up and play. Yep. And it was like, yeah, you just, you know, you played a level and you got your score and you hand the controller to the next person and everybody played and everybody drank and hung out. All that. And like once you hit kind of the more open world career driven versions of the game, that stopped being a thing because you want you didn't yeah. want anyone else to play your save kind of thing. You know, It stopped being sort of a party game.
0: And I think and the issue came into play was when skate, the game came into play, that was a much more realistic game. And I'm not as much of a hardcore skater when I was a kid as Shane was, but I did do inline skating. I did skateboard almost every day for a couple of years in middle school, basically. That was kind of my grow up years. And uh, so during that time, like we enjoyed skate more because of the realistic Flipping of the, the stick of the controller to flip the skateboard. And I think Tony Hawk tried to pivot to match that with doing the story stuff. And that's just not what it is or what mm-hmm. people play it for and it I just couldn't execute.
2: I like, I mean, I, I still like the early Tony Hawks better than Skate, but by the time Skate came out, I liked that better than what Tony Hawk was doing at the time.
0: It was fresh. Yeah, it was definitely fresh. And I think that was appealing for it. But at the same time, I think when they tried to move to do what skate does, it just wasn't gonna work. No, it was yeah, also you a you little actually too, late late nice. too late.
1: Yeah. You segue nicely into the fact that, you know, there's a new skate coming as well. Granted, it's a mobile game. Um you I think you're right. I think most skaters liked skate more because it was realistic. I for one did not though. Um I'm one of. The, I don't necessarily think that something being more realistic makes it better or more
0: fun. Um, there was a the skill, snowboarding. I liked the skill. It took. It. it you had to have <laughs> skill to actually execute a simple move because it is hard to do it. Yeah, my pro- my problem with that game was um, there were too many
1: tricks assigned to the stick. So like the difference between like doing a crooked grind or like a Smith grind was literally like eight degrees on the analog stick, which whatever, that, that was a, a problem. Yeah. Which it was whatever, it's not a big aspect. deal. The most, for the most part, but mm-hmm. there are parts of that game where they require you to do very specific lines. It'll be like, okay, do a backside Smith grind down the first rail, do a caveman side down the second rail, and then do a crooked grind down the third. And if, you had to do the, the exact trick. And once you got into like the corners of the analog stick, it was very hard to do that very specific trick. And that started to drive me crazy. Again, very realistic. Skateboarding is, and I've played, I, I'm not even kidding, pretty much every sport. Skateboarding is the most difficult sport in the world. Maybe there's another one that I haven't played, but of all the ones I've tried, it is the most challenging. It's why I loved it. So you're right. Skate being really hard is realistic. I just didn't find it particularly fun. Same deal with the snowboarding in for Xbox, Amped, uh, freestyle mm. snowboarding. Again, very realistic if you're a snowboarder. And I am and was a snowboarder, and I played the game, and it just wasn't any fun because you couldn't even carve down the hill without falling down. There's certain things that you need to make It's like, if I want to do that, I'll just go snowboarding.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> and so... I think in a sense it was filling a need. Like there is that casual game available and now there is a realistic one. So now you get to pick and have a preference. And I think that offering that choice, but then when they try to compete with each other and be too similar, then you're losing that um, wide variety. We have got, a gift a sub of a, off yeah, going it's on just in the chat.
1: Sound Wizard and Tiny Two K <laughs> are going head to head gifting subs to sifters in the chat. That that's the best kind of competition that we could ask for. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see so Vincent far, is asking tier
0: one subs between the two. Each given yeah, thanks ten guys. That's
1: that's freaking awesome. Thank you. Uh, Vincent is asking if I have played session or Skater XL. No, I have not. I have been requesting preview code for both of those games for a while and for whatever reason the pr company never gets back to me and one of the guys i know really well anthony chow you know him matt yeah i know him yeah he's repping sessions and i keep emailing him i'm like bro like i want to cover this and he just i never hear from him so i'm trying but i haven't got to play it yet um skate on mobile may be one of the biggest travesties ever though because (laughs) if you think about skate it's built its reputation on being this hyper realistic really challenging skateboarding simulation. And now it's going to be on mobile where you basically are just going to tap an obstacle and you'll just automatically do a trick over it. Like, if maybe that's they'll, Maybe it'll turn
2: the, the smartphone into
1: like a fingerboard. <laughs> maybe that's what i was thinking <laughs> it it was probably yeah where you like use your fingers to like play it probably i mean Again, the, the good
2: news there is that ea could be using that as like a, a test of
1: water thing for a bigger project down the line let's hope. so because as much as i did wasn't a huge fan of skate i want skateboarding games out there i want to be able to play new ones skate 3 it's like there are streamers who still play skate 3 and are making like millions of dollars off of playing skate 3 so there's a demand for it if they can make a good game. Uh, I don't think the mobile... I think all the mobile game is going to do really, though, is piss off fans of Skate because they'll be like, we've been begging you for this, and this is what you give us?
2: Like, v- Well, Vincent's also saying that it's that the mobile game is a Skate 3 port. Oh, it's just a port.
0: Mm.
1: Well, there and, you go. And also,
0: if you put both games out at the same time, you're basically limiting your customer base. You might as yeah. well release one, wait a year, and then release the other and not release both in the same calendar year.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we we're going from zero to 100 real fast here. <laughs> it was like yep. there were no skateboarding games for years and years, and now there are like too many. So, well,
2: 20 years nothing, and then it all piles up in one day. Exactly. That is kind of the if way anyone knows work, what though. that's a reference to. I will be very impressed. I don't know. Me neither. Are you going to tell us? Uh, it's from an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Which one? Uh, the one where uh, Bugs and uh, Yosemite Sam are both trying to marry Granny for her money <laughs> <laughs> and they're chasing her around the house and she goes, she goes 20 years, nothing. And then it all
1: piles up in one day.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know great. why that popped in my head.
1: I don't either. I don't know how you pulled that out of your hat, but
2: that anyway. is uh, uh, my mind is just a bunch of movie quotes.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the bottom line is I'm excited about this. I'm happy about the news of both games. I don't play a ton of mobile games, but I'll say this, like when Skate 3 comes out, I'll try it. Granted, if it's free to play, I'm not going to buy it, but, um, in all, I just think it's really, really good to start having some of these games come back around. And it's good to get some fresh minds on these concepts as well. Maybe somebody comes up with something that's really cool and unique and different uh, that everybody can enjoy. So I'm glad they're back at it. I'm intrigued to find out what's going on with Tony, where he's headed, uh, who's developing the game, all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, I don't know we we'll mm-hmm. probably won't have to wait too much longer to hear about it if it's coming out this year probably yeah. in June at one of these events that's coming up.
2: Also look up Tony Hawk's Twitter and just like like because he occasionally tells stories about not being recognized. Oh. And like he'll like people at the airport or what I mean probably not now because no one's in the airport but like he, yeah. Like he'll go up and somebody will be like check his ID or whatever they're like oh Anthony Hawk like like Tony Hawk and he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. And, and then one guy, he's like, one guy's the guy's like, I wonder what that guy's up to these days. And, <laughs> and he just goes, "This." Right
1: now, <laughs> I, right now, I'm getting on a plane. He's
0: I will say, he's also this, enormously tall. How do you
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. know? Like, you notice not know? Well, he's, he's old enough now that I think they don't recognize him compared to his old publicity. That's what I was gonna say
1: Is if you've seen him lately, he has aged a lot in like the last five years. He definitely, and he and he
2: had another story about being at a pool where everybody was a skate park or something, everybody was skating. He still skates every day, he was watching, and one of the younger kids is just like, it's like, it was like, oh, you skate.
0: <laughs> and, uh,
1: and he's like, yeah, a little bit. I invented <laughs> it I, like, <laughs> I mean he basically invented modern skateboarding.
2: Uh, and like he, and he just sort of he tells stories sometimes you just like screwing with people that like don't recognize him and like like, oh, the old guy want, thinks he can skateboard And he's just like,'ll give, give me give me I'll try it you know <laughs> And he, and he <laughs> just does crazy shit and there's like,
1: oh who is this guy oh, yeah, he's still really good, but he has aged a lot. So yeah. I could see where you know most people think of Tony Hawk, most people probably honestly think of the box art of Tony Hawk's Pro yeah. Skater. Let's I mean, be my honest. mental
2: image of him is definitely more like a like about forty.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's much older than that now. So yeah, it's uh, I'm excited about this. We'll see how it all shakes out, but I don't think we're going to have to wait much longer to uh, hear more on it. So I'm pretty excited. I think in June there's what three events now? Like IGN, yeah. Games Radar, Jeff Keeley. There's three different events now in June. Keeley's Ke- thing is like goes all, all summer.
2: summer. Yeah. Like a,
0: like the, yeah, and like there was another the, one just the new announced. kind of music
2: festival. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there was another one just announced recently to cover uh, what was it? it um, Cyberpunk in a couple yeah. months.
2: Yeah, I think that's actually part of his. Thing. That's Keeley's thing, I think. Yeah. Oh, is it like that? Uh, his yeah. Keeley's thing is a is a giant umbrella. It's like,
1: basically yeah. like a Vincent put it best in the uh, in the blurb for it. It's like a Google Calendar for video yeah, games. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good blurb. But but anyway, so I it's almost looking like June is going to be just as good as June usually is because there's just all these events popping up. Everyone had to hit milestones for E3 a while ago. Like, they have mm-hmm. the builds. Like, why not do and something I,
2: of them? And I got to wonder now that I am 8 bit has an, an announced that they are part of Keeley's thing. I wonder if that... I mean, even before the the virus shut down everything, um, if they backed out of E3 because they knew that Keeley was doing this other thing and that seemed like a more promising project than yep. putting up with the ESA for another four
1: months. Yep. Justin Horman just gifted a sub to Mike's Q. Thanks, Justin. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about we're gonna this is like the retro episode, man. We're going back again with this next topic. We're gonna talk about Streets of Rage 4. Hmm. This this whole week for me, I have really enjoyed this week, I just wanna say. Production-wise, like for content, it was like a nightmare. I, I had so much crazy crap happen, like in producing like my sifted HQ stuff and a bunch of other things. But personally, I really enjoyed this week because I really took a step back. Just searching for my N64 was such a rewarding and fun experience because I was digging through all these old crates of stuff of all my old gaming stuff. And so it just totally took me back. I felt like I was living in like 1997 to like 2002 again. I don't even know how to put it into words. It just warped me back to those times. And then on top of that, I was playing Streets of Rage 4 and... (laughs) It also took me way back to the days where I was so little, I could hardly see over the top of the arcade cabinet to play these games. Um, The game has been getting like gigantic review scores. Um, Matt, what are your impressions of Streets of Rage 4? My
2: impressions are that all the review scores are accurate. Okay. Um, I'm a big Streets of Rage fan. Um, i love that game since back in the, back in the first one came out in the Genesis. I like beat em ups, you know, they're they're cousins to fighting games. Um, Final Fight even takes place in the same universe as Street Fighter. Um, and uh, but I loved Streets of Rage back in the day because because it was made for consoles at home, it had a little more depth and a little more a little more meat on its bones than sort of a quarter muncher beat em up like Final Fight uh, or all the all the stuff Capcom made, which I love, but they're not Streets of Rage. Streets well, they're of Rage. evil. Yeah. Streets of Rage. <laughs> I mean, is they're the,
1: designed to let you only play a minute right. at a
2: time. <laughs> Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage is the pinnacle of the genre to me. I'd agree and, with that. Um, yeah, this is my favorite beat 'em up. And of this game. I mean, I played play that. I played the re- you know, the fan remake that mashed all three of them up and did all the random stuff. You know, that, that's a great. If you can find the Streets of Rage remix uh, that was made like ten years ago or so, uh, it, that's really good and worth playing. This is possibly the best retro sequel of all time. Um, it feels like Streets of Rage. That's a they, big
1: statement. But
2: they <laughs> tweaked it enough that it's new. Like, they changed a little bit how it plays, so it's still, it plays like a new game, but it still feels go like far. Streets of Rage. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Well, I would go that far in terms of what they added to what you can do with the juggling yeah. and the interaction between two players. And, like, like it doesn't, it, 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 they've solved kind of the stiffness that the old Streets of Rage games had. And there's a little more free form to how you can deal with stuff. Um, But it still feels like Streets of Rage.
1: It does. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of people are being introduced to something you and I have been familiar with for a very long time. Right now they are. Mm. And I think they may be wondering what the hell are people like Matt and Shane thinking? (laughs) I enjoyed playing this game. Um, I have problems seeing Younger players enjoying this game. I think, uh,
2: I mean, people do play these. I mean, there's a lot of games that are cousins to this that younger kids enjoy. Um, and certainly there's a there's a younger, like, I think a lot of the millennials I know have a lot of fond memories of the uh, Scott Pilgrim game. Yeah. Um, which was the same genre um, and was. A little 10 less years rigid ago. than this, though. Less rigid, but yeah, yeah, still recognizable, and uh, especially in terms of length and, and kind of combo style. Um, also, a decade old this year. Yeah. That game. Wow. It's a,
1: it's a, playing this game, playing this game or this genre in general, it requires a different kind of skill because you're dealing with just a 2d plane and there's really no deviation. So you have to be on that same plane with an enemy in order to make, to strike, to land a blow. And so it's this very weird thing where you're circling like around each other, trying to find particularly the boss fights, trying to find that one perfect angle where you can come in and like land your first blow and then go into your combo and then maybe use your finisher after that. Um, but I don't know if kids, man, are going to appreciate that all that much. It does feel very archaic still. I agree with you. It's, it's If you're a Streets of Rage fan, it's excellent.
2: Um, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think kids like hitting things no matter yeah, what. But yeah, there's so many other
1: ways to do that in video games now. that in honesty, this is, a lot this, better. It doesn't
2: matter. This is It's fun.
1: It it's, is very... But, the, every, you know, the combat is very... Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just very rudimentary. You have one combo. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at
2: all. I don't think you're playing it right, then. It's it's more like a fighting game than almost any game in this genre I've played, except maybe Scott Pilgrim.
1: Well, there um, is a fighting game mode in this. There's a multiplayer mode yeah. um, where you can actually fight other players mm-hmm. head-to-head. And so you're right. Are
2: finding, people are finding crazy shit in that thing. Like, there's, there's full, like... In, not infinite combos but people have found some combos with a guitar girl that like you're dead like it's yeah. a 25 hit combo and you're dead like but <clears throat> the, using the, the juggling in this is completely unlike any other game of this, of this genre i've seen it's it's uh like there's other games that have done it but the fluidity that this one has for it is amazing and the fact that they pulled that out of streets of rage and still feels like streets of rage even with that fluidity is impressive to me
1: no, I'm. I'm impressed with the game. I just don't think it's going to appeal to a lot of people. To be honest with you,
2: I think it'll appeal no. to us. I think. I think you'd be surprised because I think. I think having fun hitting things in, with pretty graphics is a universal appeal. Well, the presentation um, you got to pretty... find it. The problem is you got to yeah. find it first. I, I, the... It hasn't been particularly prominent, I don't think, in in like you know the console store. Like I haven't seen it. I had to go look for it, basically. Yeah. yeah as opposed to although it is on game pass, so like if you have game pass, what
1: well, you got to lose like if you play online, I mean, I'm okay at it. I' have uncovered that depth that you're talking about, but a lot of the game is context sensitive or random as to whether you're gonna grab or not, as to whether you're gonna land a blow or not. um i I think grab is b or circle grab is go near the guy. But like it seems been. like if I tap B or Circle on the PlayStation controller, they'll grab. But then sometimes they grab all on their own, like it. Well, yeah, because grab is just go near a guy. That's, like that's so how you Grab a guy. That's <laughs> how it's the, always been. I know, but it, again, like it's, that's it's, you maneuver
2: around a guy, come down from the top, and then you got the grab, and then you can do whatever you want with it. I know. Uh, I know. Although are you play, are you playing the big guy? I've played everybody
1: because like everybody.
2: the big guy has has grabs, got like command grabs. So that's yeah, different.
1: like his his uh yeah, most of his powerful moves are tied into his grabs and he pulls you in and like shocks you or whatever. He can do Um, some crazy, crazy combo stuff He he can, yeah. yeah. But I've played with like some other players who are like way, way better than me. Like, because you can just look at their score and see how much they played the game and I don't see them doing anything that I'm not aware of as far as how the gameplay works. Like, well, you don't really need to uh, against
2: the CPU, but there's a lot. There's a lot there if you want to if you want to style with it. Yeah. Um. And I think you know they nailed the music. The music has always yeah. kind of been a defining thing of of Streets of Rage. It's like um, old but new. Somehow
1: yeah. they've managed to do it. It's you're right. Like they really did
2: nail it. And uh, graphics, I think, are really good. I love all the sprite work. Uh, the thing I'm most impressed by, and this is actually in XCOM Chimera too, which we'll get to, um, using. Like especially with the neon lights in this game, they reflect and light up the sprites.
1: Yeah, like if yeah, you stand do.
2: next to a neon sign in this game, your two D hand animated sprite will light up with the proper light lighting from the neon sign. And I think yeah. that's really neat.
1: Animations. And they do that in the cutscenes
2: of XCOM Chimera as well.
1: Yeah, I think the animation could use some work. Some of those attacks, like if you and look, some of it I can't tell if it's they're just trying to make it just like the old games. Like when you use like a a bat it's this weird thing where the you have your arm completely extended and the bat completely mm-hmm. extended and you're just like chopping like this like
2: yeah, well, that depends on which character it is. Like, yeah, some, some of the- characters use bats better than others. Some characters use the lead pipe better than others. And they,
1: that is one thing the game does do is like every character uses a knife differently. Mm-hmm. Um, like some care, like some characters will have like a three hit combo with the knife. Some won't.
2: Um, yeah, Blaze is deadly with a knife, but yep. like she also give-
1: carries it like
2: this, like yeah. backwards or whatever. Yeah, um, she has like a so- three hit combo and they can like throw it out separately. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's really great with it, but she's yep. pretty bad with a lead pipe. Yep, yeah, exactly.
1: So look, I I like the game. I'm having fun with it, but you know, we have our audience really runs the gamut. And um, I I would struggle to recommend this for anyone. Um, I don't know. I, I it's hard to not let nostalgia affect my opinion on stuff like this because it's like I said, digging out my N64, I had this like glow around me for like the whole week, this retro glow. It's a thing, it's real. And I have that same glow for old arcade games. So um, I even feel like maybe I'm being a little too generous in my assessment of this game. Um, but, I I still... so. like, but I don't think so. Like, I don't have a big nostalgia problem.
2: Like, I don't, I'm, I don't really have a rose-colored glasses problem with old entertainment products. I have it with, like, experiences we had. Like, you, you want to talk about G4 days, I'll have some right. nostalgia goggles on our things we did. Yeah, but I don't really have that for old stuff, and I can say that with extra authority, having booted up that original Xbox this week, because like a bunch of this stuff, I wanted. to, I'm like, oh, I want to play that again, because I'm some of the stuff. Some stuff just hasn't moved forward off the original Xbox. It's strapped there. It yeah. hasn't become backwards compatible. Nobody's done a remaster. So I played a few of those things this week, and yeah, you know what? A bunch of that shit sucks. Like yeah. <laughs> that shit is <laughs> not as good as I remember. Like, I was like, oh, Pirates: Legend of the Black yeah. Cat. I, I don't have the PS2 version, so I'm like. I'll play Pirates: Legend of the Black Cat. I used to love that game, and I played it. And like an hour later, I'm like, mm, <laughs> nope. that's not working anymore. Although I did enjoy seeing my last save, which was June two, 20, 20, 2003. Wow, um, <laughs> that's stuff like, that, stuff like that, and um, yeah. Wrath Unleashed, which was never good, but was even worse than I remembered. Um, so I don't feel like I have that that too much of a problem with that kind of thing. And I think this is this is if you are willing to play a beat 'em up these days, much much the same way as like kind of like the modern Mega Man games. Like if you if you look at that and aren't instantly repulsed, this is the best example of that genre on modern systems. Yeah. Um, so I can't you know until they bring they bring back Scott Pilgrim, which uh, is also one of the pinnacles of that genre, uh, but is trapped in licensing hell. Um, this is about as good as it gets, uh, and I think it's probably better than the old games. It is. Uh, oh, I so it definitely is. No doubt about it. I think um. Streets of Rage Two still has a better soundtrack, but yeah. um, uh, yeah, although this one has, it has the classic soundtrack yeah. it if you want to switch to it. so It also has uh, classic
1: pixelated characters. You can play the yep. game in a pixelized mode. Um, one thing I will say, though, and maybe this is my It's fun. longer than any of the other games? Yeah, but that actually feeds into what I was about to say. And that is that you can get everything out of this game in like a day. Um, yeah. Because one thing about it is, and I like this about it, it's, I'm not trying to criticize it for it, is that if you go online, it doesn't matter how far you've played yourself in the single player option, you can go online and look at the lobbies and you can play any stage you want. Um, And so you don't have to like play through and get to level four. You can join someone who's playing level 12 if you've only made it to level two on your own. And so doing that, you can jump around and play the whole game in literally like two hours. (laughs) I hate to say it, but it's like, you may not beat all the bosses. You may fail some of the missions, But you can play every stage in a couple hours and play, for the most part, like 80 to 90% of those stages. So it's a game that you can pretty much squeeze for the most part in like a day. Um, Now, like you mentioned, it's on Game Pass right now and you can get Game Pass for cheap so you can get the game for cheap. Uh, It retails for $25 and that's right on the edge for me. Uh, I is a lot. It,
2: 20 would be more reasonable. 20
1: to me w- is a sweet spot for this, yeah. 25 is a little much for me after, because I literally played it for a day, and I really don't have any interest in going back. Um, I will the, definitely play it again. Yeah. I will go back to this game a lot, I think. Oh, okay. The presentation, I mean, uh, the in-game visuals look great, as Matt mentioned, but, like, this, there aren't really cinematics. They're just stills with text, um, it's like it's an indie game, basically, with Streets of Rage, you know, with the license. So um, just keep that in mind. For most people, I think you're going to play it for a day or two, and you'll probably feel like, okay, I've played the whole thing. Uh, so keep that in mind if you're going to pay the full 25 bucks for it. I would be more comfortable. I mean, ideally, to- Game Pass. Yeah, that's what you should do. But not everyone has a PC or an Xbox, so. No, but. Lots I'd say ideally Game Pass,
2: or if you if you if you're stuck with PS4 on it, um, I can't imagine it won't get a sale for twenty bucks in like three months. Yeah, or um. just cough up an extra five bucks. I don't know, like, but I I don't know. it's it's such a drought right now that maybe you could justify twenty five bucks for a just a really good beat 'em up retro title. Yeah, um, there's not much else coming until. Xenoblade, yeah really or I, I mean, I'm inter- news, I'm interested in man eater but I think that game's going to be terrible it's just going to be awesome but terrible. Yeah.
1: I think the best news though is that Streets of Rage is back. So yeah. uh they've they've done a really good job on 4. Um it seems to be doing well. I would not agree with the review scores on this. I would not give it anywhere near the scores that it's getting. Um not to say they're wrong just my personal experience with the game I would not give it that high of a score but the fact of the matter is it is getting that high of a score. So the likelihood of a sequel is probably about 100% at this point. So yeah. I'm very happy that the franchise is back and it's in a form that I want to consume. Uh, and Especially
2: now since like Sega doesn't always bring things back well. So uh, it's good to see yep. them really nailing uh, this old franchise that has not had an entry since the mid-90s. Let's not, yep. let's not forget. Yep. Um, it had a couple of canceled. There's been a couple of canceled Streets of Rage 4 attempts over the years. So that they got this out finally and it turned out to be great is uh, shocking and pleasing. Uh, I, w- I hope that it encourages them to, to kind of keep moving forward on kind of bringing back some of their classic franchises with new spins on them. Because um, they got a lot of stuff in that back catalog that just is not being used. Yep, for sure.
1: I'll say this. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So... And of course, that way. New Panzer Dragoon, you dicks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just remakes saga. Remakes. Money in the bank.
2: Money Remake in the bank. saga, or like, give me, I don't know, remaster of Revenge of Shinobi, or um, you know, whatever. about stuff. Shinobi in general? Like, where the hell is it? or, the, or bring, do uh, do remasters of the PS2 Shinobi and
1: yeah. and Kunoichi or Nightshade. Those are yeah. those are great games. Yeah. When I was digging out my N64, I also found like a bunch of Dreamcast stuff. I was I was literally on like retro cloud nine for like five days straight. It's crazy how that stuff can affect you. You start all these memories just start rushing back. And I started mm-hmm. thinking, like I said, about, you know, Ryan Davis and, you know, you know where that goes. Yeah. It's also the,
2: the pleasant surprise when the 20 year old hardware still works. I know. Yeah, it turned right on. It, you finally get it to talk to your modern television, and it all comes up, and you're
1: like, oh, it looks pretty good. That's all yeah. right. Like, yeah, my N64 still works like a charm, man. It's crazy. So, well, that's what happens, though, when you don't have movable parts, you know? Yeah. It's last just a switch.
2: That's it. It. I think the last time I turned mine on would have been, like, 2015, when I did that Facebook show with... Uh, oh, yeah. With yeah. Uh, Trisha uh, Hershberger, and... Yep. um I was like, I was, I was just writing the whole thing at that point. I was like, I'm putting Rocket Robot on wheels in the next one. Just, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just telling you that. I'm that. not asking. <laughs> I'm just saying we're putting that in. So I had to figure out, I had to, I ordered like a box that converted N64 to HDMI and did all this and like got a, a separate cable that was like a, a custom thing that did like components. So I just every little bit of better visual quality I could get out of it to capture it, like made all the difference because if you just did it through the composite cables, Rocket from Robot on Wheels was just like a red smear. <laughs> <Like> you, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't tell what the hell you were looking at because it just yeah. was never meant to be seen in 1080p.
1: Yeah. But, um, well, I, go th- I actually go through yeah. what I use to capture the N64 in Sifted HQ. Um, I've found a very cheap solution. And uh, it's like 20, 30 bucks. You can get it on eBay. If you want to stream or capture retro mm-hmm. consoles, check out HQ and you can see what it is. It's probably very similar to the box I use for it. It's, uh, it's It looks surprisingly good. Yeah, sequence this sequence. this one that I use has an S-video input, which I was surprised wow. by, which is a big deal for N64. I think I wonder if I might have it. I don't, can't remember. I, I, it's all in the drawer over there, but I haven't
2: looked it's at it. It's called like a dazzle years. or
1: something. It's like made mm-hmm. to record like VHS tapes to your computer, but it works for yeah. gaming consoles. Yeah. I have something like that for my Saturn. Yep. You can, yeah, for like 30 bucks, and you can start streaming and, play, and uh, recording your retro stuff. So anyway, let's move on. uh, We said earlier that this is the retro strategic episode, and we're going to continue in the strategy vein. We're going to talk about XCOM Chimera Squad. It is so weird that this genre, turn-based strategy, is just disappears for like sometimes over a year at a time, and now in the span of like a week, we have this. We have gears tactics. We have John Wick Hex coming to consoles. Uh, we and just went had... like practically shadow dropped. Like, <coughs> and for ten bucks. I mean, XCOM yeah. is the leader of this genre. It launched for ten bucks the first week. I don't know. I think it's now twenty. It's twenty. So, yeah, it's standard twenty, but so it's still cheap. Um, is it? Is there a reason it's cheap, Matt? I mean, I think because it's not what you
2: would consider a full-fledged XCOM game. It's, so it's not. Um,
1: it's not like a. Legit. That's why it's, it's not XCOM 3 yet. Yeah, it's
2: not. I mean, it's not a, you know, world global war against the Advent anymore. You know, it's not. It's, it takes place after two um, in the aftermath of defeating the elders uh, of the Advent. And so you've liberated, like, a lot of the soldiers, that uh, the, the aliens that were serving as the Advent as your enemies in the first game. Now it's been, like, five years, I think. And, like, basically humanity and aliens are all living together. Um, so, like, uh, the Chimera Squad is a squad uh, uh, put together of basically XCOM veterans and um, aliens. Uh, so you've got you start with a hybrid uh, human human alien hybrid on your team, and you so have they've been a, mating. <laughs> uh, well, no, because they were they're, they're they're from XCOM. The other games where like the the aliens were like creating basically clones and vats of. Of human alien hybrids to be psychic because humans could. be Oh psychic. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so you've got like uh, some guy some people like that, and then like there's a full alien on your team in the beginning um, who is like with the psychic powers and the whole thing can do that can do that thing where they make the battle madness where they makes you make a guy berserk and he shoots his friend, which was so annoying when they'd use it on yep. you and the other. And uh, and so um, the premise is that like you're all trying to work. You're sort of a, a test squad that like that's why you're called chimera squad is because you're all the different, all the different alien races. And like your, your badge basically says like in Latin, something like in diversity strength or something, because like you're trying to prove that everybody can work together. And like, when you're out in the field, like you'll see, like, it's funny. Cause like, you know, it, it's playing, the story does play on kind of the prejudices uh, that people have against the aliens or like, you know, all that kind of thing. Like, you know, there's obviously fringe groups that think that the aliens are up to something or you was well, like
1: Detroit are, become human except sort of the robots yeah, except,
2: uh, <laughs> for the aliens. It's, it's just like, Oh, they don't trust the aliens. Cause they're not humans. Humanity first stuff. It's like, Oh, that doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> and, um, and like, so like, but there's been moments where I've been out, like in, in the, in missions and like, you're fighting, uh, like a, like, like squad terrorist squads that show up or whatever. And you're in the street and there's like civilians running around and like, they'll, you know, you, Presumably, you don't want to shoot them or let people shoot, get shot. But, like, at one point early on, there was people running around. But then there's a, um, one of the snake people is there. And I, like, <laughs> the I was like, oh people. shit. Sna-. And I hate those snake people <laughs> in the old game. But then I realized yeah, it's, just, it's just, it's just like works. a pedestrian. Like, he's just trying to get away. And I was like, oh, you, he's, you're not going to hurt me. Okay. Was, so, even the snake people are our friends now <laughs> in, in this new, brave new world. Um, and you go to this place called, it's called City 31. Um, and uh, it's it, that it all takes place in in this one city. Uh, and other than that, it is very similar to X, So you don't have like a, a, a the Avenger flying around the world doing all the global stuff, but you do have like a big city map and like think you' you're kind of work you're working independently, but you can work with the cops and like you're trying to like hunt down all these uh, factions that are maybe caught because the first mission is you go in and you're supposed to rescue someone from a the, the Xcom war museum and uh it, they've held the mayor hostage the mayor is a hybrid alien um and <laughs> you you rescue her and she's like thanks for the thanks for the assist we got to figure this out and they go you know you you take her out and that you turn her over to the city police and they put her in a, in a van to take her away and the van blows up and she dies and so after that they're like okay the city's in Okay, there's something's wrong here. Like, so you know, we got to find out what happened or what, what you know why they were waiting for us and how come they were they managed to like circumvent us like that. And so, like the very beginning is you have all these things you can do to sort of like talk to the police and sort of do little odd job things. But the, your, your focus is there's three groups that you factions you want to investigate. And you have to pick one faction to investigate first, and then like you, you go. On. So I've I've investigated one faction, and there's the three factions. If I remember right, the one I'm investigating are basically like. Um, like a, like a religion. It's like a, it's like a religion that has sprung up around like the alien stuff. Uh, And then there's one of um, a bunch of psychics who think that psychics should rule the world and a um a, like an alien and tech. shouldn't
1: they know whether they're ultimately going In to think. rule the world or
2: not i mean the <laughs> the, the, the xcom psychics aren't foresight so much as like can bl- mind blast you i guess right yeah um more <laughs> like a professor <laughs> x thing yeah I, I was just joking and uh the, the and then i think there's like an alien tech like militia group so i investigated the religion people and so what that is is it's that's basically a story chapter and you have to like do missions that help you get clues to figure out who's kind of pulling the strings on these this fa- the faction you're investigating, and then, like, it'll open up a mission, open up missions to sort of do, like, a midpoint investigation, and then that will lead you to the big boss of the faction, then you have to kind of bust down their hideout and, like, deal with that. Um, and I assume that they're all three of them are kind of like that, and they lead into the bigger story of, of sort of the conspiracy that's behind everything and then meanwhile there's side missions that pop up and like they also take time for you to do. And they've got the armory where you upgrade everybody. You've got like, like Intel missions that aren't like missions that you go out in a map. You just assign individual agents to them and they go out and, 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 it takes three days or whatever and they come back and bring you resources. This is win. crazy,
1: Matt. So this is it sounds like this is a full-on XCOM game. It doesn't I mean sound it has like like all the a little elements. side it, mission. It, it yeah. has all the
2: elements. It's just not it's not global. It's not like a I think they they did what they did with this because it's kind of feels like a reskin of XCOM two. Like it's uh, not like I wouldn't so call it's it like it
1: DLC for XCOM sort of, two, Yeah.
2: It? It's like a standalone campaign expansion, would almost be how I'd describe it. So it's like you're gonna get your XCOM fix. But I certainly wouldn't call it XCOM Three because it's not big enough. Would you say not, not in terms of game term? Spin-off? What like call sort it a- of? I mean, it, it, it's the thing is like I think if you say, you call something XCOM Three, I think you expect a bigger jump in tech and a bigger story. Not that the story in this isn't interesting, but it all takes place in one city and is about very specific things. And I think in XCOM Three, it would have to be a global war again. You know what I mean? Like XCOM. The, the, new, the new XCOMs have kind of established themselves as a very wide, large scope thing, and this is a much more focused, smaller thing, although it does have all the elements of the armory and the advanced, you know, science research and developing new, new tech, and like, like everything that's in there is in there except you aren't building out your base like like the way you built out the the the, the you know the, the carrier and the, and the other ones like you aren't clearing debris and building new rooms and doing all that but your base is sort of there for like different sections that you just do the basic uh, stuff in them and recruit new agents like all the agents have car- have names and and bio like three page bios and origins of where they came from why they are the way they are personalities all the characters in the game refer to them by name like they're all real characters like it's I, this sounds like an insult, but I don't mean it as one. It reminded me a little bit of Agents of Mayhem. No. Um, in part because a lot of the colors are purple, but um, also <laughs> because, like, you know, how Agents of Mayhem did that thing where, like, you kind of had a squad and everybody had a code name, everybody was a specific character, and, like, like, like everybody knew who they were like there were no random there was no randomized like oh this is just another soldier guy yeah yeah that's how this is like oh, okay. everyone I've recruited so far and you have to pick between recruits so like when you rec- get the ability to recruit someone new they give you three characters and they're like they're like pick one and you can go through their bios and their skills and their abilities and their stats and everything and like I've ended up picking them a couple times I, I, okay, I picked the first one I picked I picked because I felt like I needed like a I need this class. I need need this class. But the second time, I picked the character that I thought seemed like the most interesting character.
1: Uh, Interesting.
2: Not from a gameplay standpoint. I was just like, oh, I want to see how people interact with this character.
1: Now, that is Um, one area where XCOM, Chimera Squad, is better than Gears Tactics. Gears Tactics, you can tell, a lot of your recruits are just randomly generated. Yeah, there's a lot of grunts in that,
2: And that's how XCOM's always been, too. You know, XCOM's soldiers, for the most part, meant something to you because you got attached to these you know, walking guns that basically you used all the time and were very powerful and you had a lot of time invested in them and yeah. you didn't want to start over. Um, and in this, that's still true, but it's doubly true because they're all named, they all have personalities and they all behave certain ways. And their, their abilities tie in a lot often with, with how they act. Um, so everybody feels like a more designed character now, and I think that's a really cool step forward that they've taken with this.
1: Now, Matt, a lot of people are going to have to decide between this game and Gears Tactics. As someone who has played both, can you provide some perspective on that?
2: I prefer Gears. Okay. Um, and the reason is actually probably the reason people might choose the opposite, because I like Gears because Gears is simpler. Okay. Gears is simpler, it's more straightforward, and it's less reliant on random number god. uh,
1: Yeah, there's a lot less number crunching going on Um, in Gears
2: Tactics, for sure. You know, Gears still has kind of the, you know, sometimes you'll miss a shot you felt like you should get or whatever. But XCOM, uh, you know, everyone knows, you know, 87% likelihood of landing a shot in XCOM doesn't mean shit. Like, you know, that's, that's still 13%. 13% 13% is not nothing. <laughs> um, yep. And there's been some things where like, yeah, I played a few missions on this where it was just like, it was, should have been super simple. I had, everything was going well. So one guy missed one shot and everything just unraveled. Cause the next thing, you, you know, got got critical hit and everybody went down and I cut back to base and everybody's got like permanent scars now. Cause they do the thing where like, if you, if you're wounded to, even if you don't go down, like even if, if the, the, the soldier doesn't um, get Killed and brought back, even if you just hurt a lot when you end the the mission, they can come back with scars, oh, which are like, which give them like a permanent uh, disadvantage. So like you can have like a, they're, they're, they got hit in the eyes. So like their eyes are blurry now. So they, they lose some, um, some uh, percentage on to hit or to crit. Or you uh, you got uh, hurt in the le- they got hurt in the leg, so like they have one less movement point. And you can heal that by taking them into uh, like a training thing, and but it takes them off
1: the field for a couple of turns. Oh, pro tip by the way for Gears Tactics, if you continue playing it, get a bunch of snipers and just max out their crit. <laughs> so noted.
2: Yep, I've already had a couple missions where I'm like, ooh, getting somebody up in the up in a tower or something really. Helps, oh, makes helps a huge difference. Oh yeah, um, it's like a
1: 100% hit rate. If you're a yeah. sniper and you're higher than the enemy, 100%. Yeah.
2: The other big thing um that I think the big change or addition in this one that wasn't in the old. So, um every mission in this game starts with a breach. Um and what a breach is in this is basically you you know, where you bust in through doors or an Walls area or whatever or whatever. And the way it works is you have at least one Breach Point. A lot of times there's more than one, and each Breach Point will tell you, this is how many people can be in this Breach Point. These are the advantages or disadvantages of this Breach Point. So someone will be like, uh, anyone who goes to this Breach Point has plus one defense for the first turn when you come through. Or... Or maybe you have minus, it's like, so some breaches will be green, some will be red, and the red ones you are more likely to get shot when you go in. Uh, the first person in gets a plus three damage to their first shot. The last person in gets a plus, plus 30% dodge or something, you know. And so you have to choose your four-man squad, like where you put them in each You put them all in the one breach, you put them in two different ones, and they breach in. And it does like, kind of like that old Rainbow Six thing where everything's slow-mo and you pick your targets and some guys will be surprised. Some guys will be ready for it, and you have to choose which ones. And there's, a, you know, obviously percent. And then everybody gets a free shot, basically. Your whole squad gets free shots at everybody, and then anyone who wasn't surprised can fire back. And then your squad automatically takes cover, at the closest cover they can find. And then the, the and then the map starts. And you can have multiples of that in each uh, in each mission. So, like, do you if, like it? Do you like that? I ahead? do. It's fun. Like, it feels kind of like a cool. Like it feels like you get a jump on them. It feels like you can get in there and and jump in. And it also like it makes it a little simpler in a way because once you jump in and you take your shots, your characters take their cover. And I feel like that solves one of my problems with XCOM where a lot of times you'll drop me into the drop zone in the X, in XCOM and I don't know where to put my guys. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I got to figure out where to go, and I don't know where anybody's gonna come well, from. The random yet.
1: spawning in Gears yeah. Tactics will drive you crazy too, because yeah, they spawn like right behind your character. I mean, sometimes you just die yeah. if they spawn a boomer two steps away from your character. Your character's dead. Yeah. Like, that's all there is to it. So but there's It's, a, it's a fun, to like games. It's a fun
2: mechanic, and then like as you clear out a room, a lot of times you'll have to move on to the next room and you'll get another breach with different parameters. So that happens pretty often. It's a pretty major factor in, in the game as you move forward. And especially the story missions tend to have multiples because a lot of times you're chasing somebody or clearing a place out, and there's a lot of breaching happening. And I just, it's a nice way to kind of break up the, the turn-based tactics. with a, It feels action-based, but it's not. But it kind of has a nice little visceral feel to it
1: do you want that to continue over to the mainline XCOM games i would like to see it continue
2: maybe not every mission okay because uh, this squad is very specifically sort of a get in blow the thing up get the get thing, out rescue the you know, <laughs> they're they're very special spec ops you know uh-huh. they're, they're very swat uh this, the, the chimera squad um so I, I i but i would like to see kind of that style of mission in, involved in a uh, going forward because i think it works very well and, like, you get a lot, you get character out of it. You know, you, you, you um, there's character that comes out of it because some of them like breaching and some of them don't. And, like, it's, it's, you know, some of them's like, all right, everybody behind me. And the was like, oh, God, here we go again kind <laughs> of thing. You know? um, the, the amount of character they've managed to insert into this is actually probably the biggest leap, I think, for the franchise because um, the old games relied so much on you bringing your own attachment to your soldiers, and this one made, I mean, I guess you run the, the hazard of making soldiers that people don't like. Yeah. But uh, there aren't any characters I dislike so
1: far. Okay, so you said you like Gears Tactics better, Yeah, but which should somebody purchase? If, if they if they don't want to... If, should if they, you're a
2: hardcore turn-based strategy fan, I think you want XCOM. Because it's also it's, cheaper, right? It's, it's cheaper, 20 bucks. Yeah. Minus, minus the Game Pass thing, yeah. It's cheaper, and it's more in-depth I would say, and it, and it does, so like the the, the one thing I, I did forget is that Gears definitely doesn't have is the story, so the city map as the, you know, you got story missions over here, investigation missions, emergencies will pop up you got to deal with immediately or shit goes really bad and side missions, and the thing is you pick a mission and do it but everything you don't do raises like a um, like a chaos meter on each section of the city it's in. So eventually city sections of the city that you're not paying attention to will get like kind of unrest, unrest will grow to the point that you have to deal with that. So it, it has that doom track element that the, that XCOM 2 had where you are still, even if you're succeeding in an individual mission basis, you are still sort of juggling disaster at all times. I find that really irritating. Um, like, I know that like, that's sort of the point, like people love kind of living on the ragged the tension, edge of disaster yeah. in these, in these games. It's sort of like the, the appeal to some degree, but I find it irritating um, I
1: find, and that's definitely way more prevalent
2: in, in XCOM than it is more, in Gears Tactics. Sure. Yeah, without it. And there have been a couple times with this game where I like something happened in a mission where like the RNG didn't go my way, and it all just fell apart. And instead of redoing the twenty-minute mission, I just turned it off. Yep, that happened. And I've always gone yep. back to it. To be fair, like I come back to it, but like a couple times, I have <laughs> switched over to Gears Tactics because I know Gears Tactics is not going to screw me like that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, some, some things go real wrong in Gears Tactics periodically. Yeah, yeah but xcom's a whole, XCOM's other a whole story way. and even if you get out of the bad situation in xcom your guys are probably hurt and yeah she, well, down guess.
1: the line you keep getting punished that's the yeah. other thing like in gears it's not so much like a guy can get injured and he may sit out a mission but he's never gone for good um and he has to take a lot of damage before he would sit out as well yeah i mean um, it's
2: probably i mean a lot of my preference for gears comes like i said gears is simpler And when it comes to these kind of the turn-based strategy stuff, I am mildly simple-minded about it. And I would prefer not to have to like juggle 14 different things. And I'd rather just sort of do a a turn-based mission and not have to worry about coming back and like, you know, doing all the paperwork (laughs) for for shit. Or like, you know, or I have the thing where it's like, okay, well, if if the city is going to burn, if we don't do more than one thing at once why don't we do more th- than one thing at right. once? Like It's <laughs> like, we got like 12 people. Why don't we just go yeah. three different places? Um, and maybe that does come along later on. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not far enough in the game to say that. It does yeah. feel like it's going to be a pretty big, even though it doesn't feel like XCOM 3, it does feel like it's going to be as big as your standard XCOM game in terms of mission count and sort of, you know, the city's got a lot of stuff going on. So I, I can see how that would be a thing. Um, for me, I've just felt. I, for me, I just feel like Gears is a is a more simple, straightforward game of this type, and that is more what I'm into at this point. Um, Gear. I just find XCOM really stressful. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, and if you prefer that, then yes, absolutely buy XCOM because it's cheaper and it's more what you're after. But I'm not very good at turn turn based strategy stuff, frankly, and so I prefer the easier game, which I think is Gears.
1: Cinetyke asks uh, in the chat, Kamara uh, Squad excels with the different squad members and abilities. Ch- chaining and comboing the different squad members is very satisfying. Does Gears also have that kind of feeling of synergy? It does, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about it in last week's episode, how you can basically, when you when you execute an enemy, it gives moves to your other party members. So, you can Commit have an execution, it adds a point that you can then use that point to execute another enemy, which gives you a point. It turns into this Mm -hmm. daisy chain. And then also you end up having units that have abilities where, say you're a sniper and you have an ability where if you land a shot, that specific shot, it will give you three more actions or will give another person in your party extra actions to use. So yeah, there's absolutely that whole team based yeah. uh, mechanics, synergy, daisy chaining that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it actually
2: gear and it, it's two different approaches. Like gears the way gears this it feels a little more organic. And I like actually gears the way that you can add action points to your squad as you do like the chainsaw kills and stuff like this might be a real obscure reference but it reminds me of Dynasty Tactics. Do you remember that the Dynasty Warriors tactics game? I remember game, the I game too. I don't
1: remember what the game was like though. The way
2: it, it the way like it worked is that like, the, your 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 units were like groups of squ- like squads led by like a, a named general sort of thing and if you did the attacks right if you flanked right like other your other allies got free turns that could follow up your turn. So it was almost like t- it was almost like like when you um get like a get like a good move in like like, columns or, like, a puzzle game, and it just, like, cascades Cascading, down. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. And sometimes Gears, when you get, like, a couple of good, like, chainsaw kills that just, like, let your guys get free moves for, like, for like a, longer than you feel should be fair, almost, like, that feels really good. Yeah, you, can, way- pull,
1: you can, like, accomplish things you didn't think you could. So, yeah. like, what a lot of times enemies will spawn, and they'll spawn, like, groups of five or six, like, all over the map. And when you first see it, you're like, oh, God. But then they rush in and you actually start taking them on and you're like, I wiped them all out in like a turn. So it's a... The game, it's,
2: has a the game does a good job of making it feel like you did that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like it and was, you made it. a good
2: I mean, choice and so yeah. you got rewarded for that. Like, yeah, like Gears sure. is very good about that. XCOM, it's not as automatic. Uh, the main thing, and I do like this mechanic, it's just not prevalent in the, to the degree Gears is. You have a team up, uh, a, like move, um, in XCOM, you can use once permission that basically you're, you're, the character you're on you hit you you pick it and then you pick another character on your team to be the team up target and that other character gets moved up the turn chain to go right after the character you are right now. Yeah. So basically, you get a free mm-hmm. second turn. If you, like it's useful if like this one guy is going to massacre us. In the next turn, he, and if, if we don't take him out, I don't have the firepower to take him out, but if I team up with this other character who's way down the turn list, I will be able to take him out, so that's how I'm going to use this right now. So it's 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 kind of a super move, more than a, reg, a normal game mechanic, um,
1: but it works Here's, out. has that too. It has like those really powerful shots that you can select... If they land, they do a ton of damage. But if they miss, they'll wipe out like the rest of your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is some risk reward stuff there too. So and that that actually turn that turn thing
2: like X, the XCOM game does have a lot more um, things you can use like once permission or or not as not as often, but they don't count as actions. Okay, like, like you can you can kind of a free move almost. Um, it's it's kind of like Overwatch. A little bit, and of course, yeah. it still has Overwatch, and it uses actually the Overwatch in this r- works exactly the same as uh, uh, it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't work the same in the sense of like being able to move three times, but it works the same in the sense that you pick it and you, you choose the cone of vision yep. uh, the same way that yours does. Um, it's. Uh, I, I mean, it, it looks good. I like. It also does the thing like the. the like, I think it's brighter than the old XCOM
1: games. Like the B-roll that I would. It looks yeah. brighter for because sure. you're in a
2: you're in a functioning city. You're not like in like yeah. war torn invasion places and stuff. And everybody like has like bright colors on their uniforms and like um, there's a lot of banter between the characters. Like it, it's not it's not the oppressive sort of like trudging towards the apocalypse game that that <laughs> the X, XCOM one and two are. It's it's uh, it's got a little more optimism to it, which I kind of like. It's a nice break from the usual sort of like fighting for your life element in everyone else's life yeah Yeah. it feels it feels like the world of XCOM kind of turned a corner and there's some hope there but you just got to deal with some shit first okay Um, so I really like it uh I just don't like it as much as Gears because I feel like Gears um is more my speed uh, in terms of this genre and I'm not very good at this genre so um I'm like I'm liking XCOM but I find it frustrating in a way that Gears isn't so I would pick Gears, but if you love XCOM and aren't frustrated by XCOM or the frustration of XCOM is why you like XCOM, that I think possible. Chimera Squad is is more of the same with some improvements. So I think, yeah, it's, if you're an XCOM fan, it's, it's an insta-buy. You should have it right now. You should be
1: playing it right now while you're listening to me. And they probably yes. are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Because otherwise you're paying an extra
1: 10 bucks now. So what did you do? That's true. You are sleeping. Uh, all right. Next up, we're going to talk about a story we addressed last week, but there have been new developments over the last seven days. Uh, last week, we talked about how Naughty Dog had basically almost the entirety of The Last of Us Part Two leaked. Uh, at the very least, some of the most pivotal moments from the game were leaked. Um, I talked about how I saw things I can't unsee now, and I wish that I could. And <clears throat> at that point in time, uh, the reports suggested that it had been kind of an inside job, that someone who worked with Naughty Dog in some capacity was disgruntled, did not like the work culture at Naughty Dog, and therefore decided to take it out on Naughty Dog by releasing all this damaging uh, information about The Last of Us Part Two. Well, as it turns out, that was not the case It was an outside job. It was not someone who worked with Naughty Dog or Sony. Uh, It was just hackers who somehow found an exploit in Naughty Dog's networking structure from Uncharted 4. Uncharted Uh, 4 patch. Yeah, yeah, they found some kind of a, a, a way in, some kind of a hook that got them into Naughty Dog's network. And they just went in there and just took whatever they wanted. Um, like that's on one hand, it's te- on one hand, it's terrible and, and
2: stupid that you do that to, to people looking forward to the game and the people who worked in the game. On the other hand, like, I, a little bit of respect there, like for like finding like how, like what, like who was it? What are you doing? Like looking for that shit and that who would ever think to do and that? And to what end? To ma- me, to this end, I'm sure. To,
1: but I mean, nobody even knows who they are. They may eventually, if they actually get arrested, which is possible, but to what end? Nobody knows it was you. You're, you're going to gain nothing from doing it. What they gained is watching people freak out about it. Oh, I forgot that there are a lot of people who delight in others' pain. I, I always forget that. We, <laughs> we did We did a whole <laughs> ongoing segment about that with the Griefer. Yeah, that's right. We did. We had a Griefer segment on X-Play. I should have remembered. Uh, but I, I just don't want to believe that there are people like that. But the sad truth is that there are. Um, and, you know, maybe... You know, the lower third for the topic last week was karma question mark. Well, after this news broke, then, of course, a couple people came after us on YouTube and on Twitter, um, you know, because they only saw the thumbnail and, you know, a question mark doesn't mean anything to them. So they were pissed off that we had said that that Naughty Dog deserved it, which we never said at all. That was just something that we were wondering aloud is you know, is this retribution for the way Naughty Dog runs its business? Yeah, not, like, deserved, but sort of consequences. Right. I mean, so it's ba- exactly. It's uh, cause and effect, you know? So, I... How do you feel about this, Matt? Like... I mean, it still sucks.
2: Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, what, what what do you expect? People are, people are dicks.
1: Like, <laughs> There's no other way around <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I think you brought this up last week when we talked about it. You said that... um you know, you, I don't necessarily feel bad for Naughty Dog. I feel bad for the people who work at Naughty Dog who've mm-hmm. been working on this game for the last however long. Um, and to have all that work just get put out there, um, yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. And there was more today. Oh, there was. Including the ending. Oh, my so. God. Really? I still haven't seen any of it. Um, I mean, I'm guessing they have but... everything and they can just keep releasing Yeah, it, it- sounds like that. But the more I'm I'm also curious if they have other things. I'm sure they do. Like Like, future projects or something. Right. Things that they Oh, right now Naughty Dog is probably losing its mind. Because If they do have, like, prototypes of stuff that they've been working on, like the next game that they're working on is going to come after The Last of Us. All they need is to
2: drop a couple of concept arts for whatever their next project is. That would be a disaster.
1: I mean, the thing about it is, is the leakers, every time they leak something, they're increasing their chances of getting arrested. And I will guarantee you that if somebody gets caught for this, Sony will throw the book at them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they... They're not going to let up. They're going to push it to the fullest extent of the law, and these people may go to prison. I mean, if they can figure out some kind of monetary value for it, that's the hard problem, though. It's like, how do you place a value on something like that? Because it's not going to keep it from selling. Could mm-hmm. you even prove how many copies it kept it from selling? You really can't. You no, just wonder no how really you add that. a dollar value to something
2: like that. I don't, I don't know if you go for a dollar value. I think you just go Criminal. for you go for corporate espionage and you know you don't even need a dollar value you, you need it's a criminal act so i yeah. think you i think you go for jail time yeah um
1: and then you wonder you know the judges the the jury if they're going to listen to that and be like uh Really, you're gonna put a guy in prison for that? Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think you can. This bubble. It, 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 well, it doesn't matter. It's Just hacking. Yeah, it's, it doesn't
2: matter what you hacked. It, you hacked you, you you stole company secrets from a secure location, and like that's illegal. Like, there's no. It doesn't it doesn't matter if I think what the company makes is stupid. Like it's still you know, that's not part of the judgment as a jury member. You you still have to say, yeah, Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know about some of the juries in this
2: country. Well, man. I mean, yeah, but I I you know, ostensibly You're talking about you. You can yeah, reason. But <laughs> yeah, but you also get to screen a jury for exactly that reason. That's true. And in some cases they would put
1: the idiots on the jury. <laughs> the defense would want that, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's
2: sure. it, it's hard to stack a jury these days with the. Uh, with more, I, don't, like, I don't know what you'd do with that like trying to find someone who thinks it should be okay to spoil stories
1: by In stealing things game. from companies. You could it's, find somebody who hates video games or whatever all That, that stuff. still doesn't
2: make it relevant because it's just like you're not it's not on trial for spoiling the game it's on trial for stealing shit from their stuff.
1: No you but the point is is like, you're on the jury you know somebody can do serious prison time for something so you're like okay is this bad enough for someone to go to prison and possibly be like raped? Like seriously, and you're in a jury. Now
2: you're now you're talking about reforming the prison system because (laughs) that's not part of that's not part of the punishment
1: there. (laughs) That's not a part of the official punishment. It's the unofficial punishment. (laughs) But believe me, people think about that stuff. People know what jails really like. So. I don't know. Um,
2: Someone who got tr- who got thrown in jail for this though is probably not going to go to that
1: prison. Yeah. They're going to go to a country club, or they're just going to go to jail. They're going to go where prison. Martha Stewart went, where there's tennis courts and crap like that. Yeah, gonna, What do you gonna, think should? It's going to be patio you. time. I, yeah. I promise. What kind of punishment do you think that they should get, Matt, or he or she? Who knows? Um, I
2: think I think they should have computers taken away from them forever. Forever. That's what I would do. I'd be like, <laughs> no more electronics.
1: You're done. <laughs> that would be hard to enforce. It'd be very but, hard to enforce. But. The reason I was talking about uh, monetary damages is because to me, the monetary part of it could be far more damaging. Because, like you said, they're probably not going to prison. If they do get any time, they're going to go to a like a county jail or something. They're not going to go to the big house. They'll do their like eight months or whatever in a county jail and play play chess for a few months, and it'll get out. But the monetary part of it is something that will last forever. So, if you can, sure, he gets six months of jail time. But what if he has like, you know, $3 million of reparations and they're going to garnish his wages by, until it's paid off? That is far more effective than someone going to jail and playing checkers for a couple months. Like, I, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. I mean, I, did, I don't
2: know what the, what the like, punitive financial thing would be for that. You know, I don't know. It depends what you charge them with. Um, and you can do both. You can find them and send yeah. them to jail. Whatever, you you know. can do a criminal case and then a civil case as well. Um, um, it's, you know, and they can carry both penalties. It depends what you what you think someone should should do. Um, it depends what Sony wants to go after them for. Um, yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know the legality of. It. I don't know what they charge them with. It depends what the charges are. It depends how they got in. It depends what they what else they got. It depends how they went about it and. I mean, just based, based upon, upon what we've they seen stole, so far, it's pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad, but, like, there's more to it. You know, like, did yeah. they, they not just steal materials? Did they steal concept art and stuff? But oh, yeah. they also steal employee information? Employee. An informa- engine. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about employee information. Yeah, yeah. A-roll stuff. Like, there's, there's stuff in there that you can get that is, is a breach of identity theft that goes beyond just taking, you know, proprietary content. Because um, that's the th- I mean, I know it's, it's easy to focus on the spoiler stuff because of uh, that we're focused on being gameplay, people who play games, but like the real criminal act here is taking the thing and the other things they took might be even more concerning than taking a bunch of game story spoilers. It could be everyone at Naughty Dog's social security number is out there now. Like we don't, you know, it could be way worse depending on how Naughty Dog stores this information and what that, le- that, that vulnerability gave the hackers access to.
1: Well, I have something going on in our chat right now where people are afraid that someone in the chat is going to start spoiling stuff for the game. Um, That's something I never...
0: He's just starting to mention just his thoughts on the ending because he saw it, but he hasn't uh, mentioned any plot point of the ending. But I just would say, please don't spoil it for the people in chat.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't do that, man. We'll ban you for life. I'm not kidding. If you come in and you start putting spoilers in our chat, we'll ban you from our chat forever. Bottom line. No no warnings, no anything. You there? There's your warning. You do it, you'll never chat in uh, one of our streams again. So there you go. The gauntlet has been laid down. And we have moderators in chat every stream. And if you do it, we're going to get you. So there you go.
0: Um, Mitch, what's your take on all this insanity, by the way? Um, I'll admit about probably until Matt mentioned that more stuff has come out, I was thinking this was maybe mm. Sony lying a little bit just to maybe... So hide they didn't have the egg on their room. face to yeah. look like they weren't like protecting their stuff. Ex- That's well, a good point. That yeah. slash also maybe because they the story of the d- disgruntled employee was probably true and they just didn't want that to be the story. Mm. So, but now that it's came out, like it's definitely probably true. So um, I just think it's unfortunate mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously the person should face consequences, because that's serious. Like That's, yeah, yeah, Schreier, that's not I mean, okay. Their original,
2: their original statement kind of made it's like, oh, they're not affiliated with Sony or Naughty Dog, and I still thought, well, technically a contractor is not that's affiliated. True. That's a good point too, But Matt. then Schreier actually did ask them what yeah. about that, and they said, no, the person who did this is n- has never worked for us, has never been a contractor, has never yeah. been, had any relation to Sony or Naughty Dog ever. Because the so, other thing I was
0: thinking was in regards to it um, was because of uh, the person wasn't connected to them in any capacity. Oh, my gosh. I just lost my thought. Uh, keep going. If I think of my thought, I'll come back <laughs> to it. I don't know. Why, I just totally blanked on it. Totally we well, are saying that if they weren't connected to them in any way, then
1: sometimes that jogs your memory, but not this time, I guess. Oh,
0: no. Uh, no, It's something completely different. It's Neil Druckmann. Like, they've said almost nothing except for that blank statement. And he did say some stuff, though, recently with it going gold. I did watch his video of him. Uh, talking yeah, it went about gold today, by the way, folks. So no it went, more delays. <laughs> yeah, it went gold, and then he also did throw a little bit of info, saying like, "Hey, no matter what you've read or what you've seen, experience in the game is totally different than what you've actually read."
1: So they could have had, they could have found old cinematics. Um, Naughty Dog could have changed what yeah. happened. I think what they're
2: saying there is like it's different when you see it in context and with the whole oh. story well, plan out in front of. You. Yeah, right. that <laughs> <what the> immersion <laughs> was the thing that makes it
1: important. That's okay. well Whatever. It's just damage control. That's pretty much all that is. Yeah, but it's uh, also tr- it's
2: also true. Yeah, like, like if if the way you told the story didn't matter, then all stories would be the same. Yep, um, that's true. Yep. Well, who is it that said, is it Shakespeare that said there's only four stories? Uh, Shakespeare, we don't have any record of what he thought about anything really beyond his writings. Uh, but that it, it, it is kind of said there's like basically three stories. There's man versus nature, man versus himself, and man versus man. Yeah. And um,
1: yeah, Shakespeare had Who said that? Somebody coined that phrase the first time,
2: though. Um, I can't remember who said that. It's a more recent thing, though. Shakespeare wouldn't have thought of things that like that. They didn't think about story that way. Um, yeah. They also didn't think about spoilers. Nope, no. <laughs> they definitely. No didn't. one has seen a Shakespeare plays since he wrote them without knowing how they ended. Because that's it's true. It's that's a, a tragedy. Everybody dies. It <laughs> yeah, a comedy. Everybody gets married. That's it. Like, yeah,
1: that's pretty accurate.
2: It really, it really is interesting to me that like the the spoiler thing, the idea of spoilers and cu- spoiler culture around the idea of like any information about the story. That's the last twenty years. Like, that yeah. is an extraordinary Oh, yeah, development. Yeah, oh, yeah, for um, sure Because when I was growing up, no one thought, talked about it. I mean, people would say, like, don't tell me how it ends Like, if you're talking about, like, a mystery story Or something like that um, But no one freaked out About finding out who was cast As whatever, or that this thing happens In the first five minutes, or anything like that Like, spoiler stuff Like that only arose In the late 90s, when Places like Ain't It Cool News Turned it into something Yeah, And Every, and also the rise of of um, recording, like like digital recording, where like yeah. not everybody was watching the same thing at the same time anymore because of broadcasting. Like you, you know, it used to be that everybody saw the same show the night before and came back to school or work and talked about it the next day. Yep. Now everybody's got their own viewing schedule. And you can't it's know who shifting. saw what, yeah. and like you can't nobody can talk about anything anymore. Um, and so and yeah, that is a very recent of, thing.
0: Uh, yeah, and I also think the purview of information definitely contributes to that because now people know more about stuff or can learn more right. about stuff than they could ever learn before. Like, you know, the actor, or, oh, there's an uncredited person that's playing a role. What's us Yeah, that's what, what I meant by
2: be? Ain't It Cool News, is, like, that, that kind of n- reporting on the production process changed how much information you had access to. And then also, like, before the internet was prevalent, you—it's a lot easier on the internet to just accidentally see a paragraph that includes the end of something in it, and you like you read it, you know, because you can't not read something if you look at it, and like you're just like, you're like oh my god, that tweet told me the end of you know, it's just it's like when the when um, you know in Harry, Harry Potter, uh, when half-blood prince came out, and people were just posting in all caps everywhere on the internet, Dumbledore kills Snape kills Dumbledore. Um, that became, and also that is the same mentality as the people who did this is they're just trying to ruin shit for people. Like that's yeah. all it is. They thought people thought it was funny to drive by people in line buying the new Harry Potter book and yell the ending out the window at them. Like that's there some people are just that person.
1: I wonder why though people would want to Be exposed to the spoilers. Now, obviously, there are message boards all over the Internet that have threads that have all the information, the videos, the screenshots, Mm -hmm. and everything I've seen. They've been very good about warning people. But if you look at those threads, there are thousands and thousands of comments. What would make somebody want to know this stuff before they play the game? That's my question. A lot of people don't care. I don't care. You mean they're just not going to play it? Or they they don't care. They don't think
2: spoilers ruin anything. Oh, they don't so you
1: you've already looked at all this stuff
2: then? I haven't looked at any of it because I don't oh. I don't seek stuff out. But if somebody sprang that on me, I wouldn't care. But my sister looks up the exact plot of every movie she sees before she sees it hmm. every time. Like um, that's just how she is. That's I like she, those I, pleasant surprises when I'm. That's in, how she'd uh, ra- she rather go, go into things knowing
1: what they are. Um, I like surprises. I'm surprised. I like surprises. That's part. Don't. That's part of it. I mean, that's part of entertainment is being surprised it's part of it but it's also not the point of it so like i don't care i don't know what the point the point of entertainment is to burn time (laughs) that's the point but like
2: also like the point of stories is to share something and to kind of like get some message across get some themes across like that doesn't get robbed by knowing that like this one twist happens like that otherwise nothing would have replay value or reviewing value. Well, I would argue um, that a lot of games don't. So. A lot of it doesn't. But like any, that's why it's when I say that I don't care about spoilers, I have spoilers, especially plot spoilers, is like if the if knowing the plot ruins the, the story, it's not a very good story. That's true. Um, I mean, so that's, like, that's true. And yeah, a yeah. lot of stories aren't very good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. Most you know? aren't, especially like, in if games, you found out so. the spoilers to the end of Game of Thrones, uh, that was ruined for you because there's nothing else other than that incredibly stupid plot. Um, there was no other meat there to dig into. There's no reason to watch that again because there's nothing to dig into. um but like, yeah, and I would argue that you're right. like a lot the majority of video games are their plot, and not much more um because that's just not the emphasis that games have. um but some people just don't mind. Some people would rather be go into it knowing things, I guess when that's when the Star Wars prequels are coming out. Um, yeah, I saw episode one and episode one was what it was. And I read the novelizations and read all the production spoilers of episode two and three, because I was never letting that happen again. (laughs) Like I was never going to go blind into a star Wars movie again after that because I didn't want to get fooled again. And sure enough, I enjoyed the prequels more in part because by the time I sat down in that theater to watch episode two and episode three, I was ready for what was going to be in front of me. Yeah. Um, I did not do that for forced awakens or last Jedi or rise of Skywalker. Um, because, well, after rise of Skywalker, I might start doing that again, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, cause I didn't feel like I, it was a thing I wanted to be prepared for. And also I, I'm older and I don't care that much. Um, but at, at the same time, if someone like accidentally tells me how last of us ends in the next month or so, I am not going to be thrilled, but I'm also not going to be mad at them.
1: I mean, I might tell. I would them. be mad at them. I would be mad at them because they're just being a selfish jerk. Either <laughs> that, I mean, it, it's, there's it's no other hard. reason to do it. I mean, well, it's harder it, to say because, like, there's regardless no, of whether, there's whether no it reason. bothers me and I care about the ending. It, they're just
2: being a, a jerk. Well, it's a, it's a weird example because obviously you know someone hasn't played it because it's not out yet. Right. It's different yeah. from, it's different than something that's been out for like a year and someone says so, says something about this thing that's been around for a year and you're like, oh well my God, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm just like, well, you had a year, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I totally
1: agree with that. Yep.
2: You have, I, I, I especially don't there. care. I especially don't care if someone is talking about something that's old and I just haven't gotten to it yet because that's on me.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's totally on me. I agree with that 100%. All right, let's move on to our last topic of episode 210. Uh, you guys knew it was coming from the moment the show started that our last topic was going to be Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, a little anticlimactic, so I went back and looked on the site, um, and now that we have timestamps for all our content, it, I, it's a lot more functional for stuff like this. Uh, and I went and looked at when the first story we curated for this game uh, mentioned that it was set in the Viking era, the Viking setting. And it was April 6th of last year. So we have actually known about the setting for the new Assassin's Creed. for the, If you're a sifter and you're on Sifted, you would have known about this for the last like 13 months, which is really crazy. Well, but- although it didn't
2: get confirmed until a week ago. Yeah, yeah, um, and like but it was there, right. Were, and there, it was sort of. I mean, there was another leak about it that was completely wrong. There was a troll uh, where the, where the, the the Assassin's Creed Ragnarok leak, which was completely false and fabricated. Um, uh, what was false about it? All of it. I don't remember. It was I mean, literally not- made. Up. It was literally made up. It was just somebody trolling. Like there was, it was not even a, like a leak of anything. It was just somebody had heard, had heard the rumor of it being Vikings and just made up a bunch of bullet points that seemed semi plausible, uh, but it was not real
1: at all. I mean, it could have absolutely been called Ragnarok at one point. Could have been.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, make, it, it makes it, sense it, it as it a subtitle. You know, it, well, it you'd be soft to saying it wasn't. Yeah. For some reason, they like to name their, these things with V's. I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, I also remember what was the uh, was it Syndicate? um they you know, they could have changed it i don't know but they the uh was syndicate was originally called uh victoria yeah i think that's right um, yep and cuz it had a v cuz it's supposed to be 5 and everything yeah. um and uh they changed it to syndicate i guess because in part i think because the victoria title leaked so now but the please, Ragnarok the, the the person who posted the Ragnarok thing leak
1: admitted they made it the whole they made the whole thing up there was no grain of truth uh, okay. at all uh, okay um so before we get into this topic, I want to bring Mitch in on this because before the show started, he basically said to me like I have some things that I want to say about Valhalla so Mitch Sikorsky, the floor is yours
0: well, I just I'm uninspired and unexcited about this game because I don't think it's an Assassin's Creed game anymore. I mean, I think it's gone away from the franchise. I mean, I now to credit, I played a tiny bit of origins and I stopped because it was buggy as heck and I could not get through it. Like my first two minutes in that battleground scene, I fell through the floor. Like that's my first minute in this game. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. You mean Um, Origins? Origins, yep. And then I played Odyssey, and I'm still kind of going through Odyssey right now, but it has lost so many of the elements that I appreciate of Assassin's Creed that made me feel as if this isn't really an Assassin's Creed game anymore. It's just a historical game, which...
1: Okay, what elements are you talking about?
0: Um, And so the elements are, one, assassinations are like not even significant anymore due to the fact that in Odyssey, if I get behind somebody and I stab them, They don't die always, (laughs) like if they're too powerful, you only take a shred of their health and then you're forced to do their combat system. And in every other Assassin's Creed game, if you strategically put yourself to the point where you can put the jump on them, you should be rewarded with that kill. Um, There's no hidden blade in there, Uh, the, the elements in the story of the Assassin's Guild is a little bit thrown away. Now, in, in Origins, I know it's the origin of the of the Creed itself, but in Odyssey so far, what I've played of, which I'm probably about 20 hours in right now, uh, I don't see any connection to the Assassins, but I do see the connection to, uh, I think they're called the Asus, uh, the the gods that came before them or the people, but they call you'll, them gods?
2: You'll get the uh, connection eventually yeah. uh, later on. And also yep. remember that Odyssey takes place like 200 years before Origins, which is weird, oh, but there you go. Yeah. True. He, oh, yeah. does,
1: he does bring up a good point, though. If He's played for 20 hours and I hadn't even realized this. He's when played, I played for 20 hours. He's
2: barely a third of the way through the
1: game. He is, but he has played for 20 hours and he has seen no signs of the Assassins versus the Templars. That... Because it's even earlier. Here's a,
2: so, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan from day one, really. I I'm, I'm one of the people who defends the first game. Oh, and I, I love the first game. first game. Don't
0: get me wrong. That, that, that is amazing. I think we all
2: do. And uh, mind you, the, the first game is the only game in the entire series that actually has proper assassination planning. Yep. Um, they really they moved away from that. Yeah. So, I, I did play Assassin's Creed 2 again during quarantine. I played uh, Unity. Finally finished Unity. I never finished Unity. I never finished it either. It's probably and, the only Assassin's Creed that I didn't finish. And I replayed uh, Rogue. And uh, I'll tell you this: so I have, and I've played Origins twice, hundred percent. I played Origins hundred percent completion twice. I've played great. Odyssey to hundred percent completion. Huge. Odyssey to hundred percent, completion, hundred and seventy hours. So I love, I love all the Assassin's Creed's, uh, I do agree that the reinvention with Origins changed the franchise substantially um, into more of a sort of an open-world, grand-action scope game. Um, I think it's an improvement, um, or at the very least it's a lateral move that, the, that was needed because going back to the older games, oh boy, like some of that stuff, not good anymore. Like Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood are like my two of my, my my watchword favorites.
1: Going back to them was rough. Like they don't they don't hold up. I don't think. Anymore. I agree with both of you. I agree with Mitch that it's not Assassin's Creed anymore. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with Matt that the games are, that the games are way better than they were before. So I'm I am not a person who gets caught up in. And we talked about this with Resident Evil in a prior episode. I'm not the person who gets caught up in expectations. I don't say. This is this franchise, so it has to have X, Y, and Z in it. Um, I just play the game. Either I like the game or I don't like the game. If it's called something or it's not called I don't care. Like, all I care about is if I play the game, am I enjoying it? Is it worth the money that I or somebody else would spend on it? Um, and in that way, I still love Assassin's Creed. It's not what it started out as. No, I mean, it's almost unrecognizable. Look in the trailer for Valhalla. If you had watched that trailer and just cut it off right before the last, like, 10 seconds where he reveals the hidden blade, you'd never know that was Assassin's Creed. It could have just been any Viking-based action RPG. And I think that, to me, is where the franchise has changed the most. It used to know immediately when you started watching media for an Assassin's Creed game. There was a style to it. Um, there was a flair with how they did their marketing that I feel like they've also kind of lost over time. I think that's because the marketing drove that franchise
2: originally because it did um that debut trailer is
1: just iconic
2: yeah but also not in a great way in some ways so like you know one of the running gags of the series early especially early on was like why does the assassins who are supposed to be the secret killers that like were operate in complete shadow and why do they wear a uniform (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like, because there's a thing where it's like how do we find the assassin i don't know look for the guy in white with a hood you know like with with the little eagle thing on it and the, Ezio was originally supposed to be completely normally dressed, like uh-huh. a normal Italian man of uh-huh. the era. And the Ubisoft marketing said, "No, he has to look like Altaïr." Yeah. And so they changed him to look like that. And so that's why everybody dresses the same. Whereas the Templars, who are not secret—I <laughs> mean, they are a secret society—but they aren't supposed to be sneaking through crowds and stuff. They all dress differently. Like you'd it never is. be able to tell it's a Templar on sight. But the Assassins have like kind of that like the uniform, uniform going on. And and they kind of make them like, like eh, superheroes weird. a little bit. Yeah. So like, and I get like kind of the, the new, the new games are sort of telling the, the deep origin of the Assassin's Templar thing. Um, you know, like origins gets into sort of the original establishment of that. And to be fair, that is telling a story that was, was first established in Assassin's Creed two. Like uh, Aya is one of the statues in the vill- in the, the underground hideout in Ezio's villa. Like yeah. she's, she's standing there. Um, and uh, the uh, and then uh, Odyssey. I don't know exactly how. I mean, Odyssey gets into the first people more, into you know, Cassandra is uh, more connected to them than she is to the assassins. I think Odyssey's point is to lay down the backstory lore for the for the the, the alien god people. For um, civilization, especially I think, for civilization. Yeah, because yeah. especially because you you are directly interacting with a bunch of them by the by the end of the TLC. You're just sort of hanging with them. <laughs> um which is uh, interesting and uh vikings uh valhalla like i'm in, i'm interested to see where they take this because at some point you're going to have to finally m- kind of meet up with the old series you're going to have to sort of establish how what we saw the assassin order as in altair's day how did that go from he- there to here yeah. And um, I'm interested to see how that all connects up. That could take another 10 years at <laughs> like this yeah. rate. Um, I feel like we got at least one more game of evolving the Hidden Blade until we finally explain why they started cutting their ring fingers off. Um, but I enjoy sort of the, just the basic open one. And I do find it annoying, yeah, that like early on, especially before you can do the upgrades in the various skill trees, the assassinations basically just give you like a quick like take a third of their health off before you sword fight thing going on Uh, it's not the stealth assassination game that it used to be but um i really enjoy what they turned it into and i can see the argument that they could be if you got a certain thing out of assassin's creed that these new games do not deliver that anymore but what they deliver instead i like just as well
0: And, and i will agree with you that i do these games are good games for sure and i just i would rather see it titled something else to be I would like, like to see them come though, back like, to the... I, uh, I understand your argument, Shane, of expectations going into something, but the title does have meaning. The title does need to, the title comes with a brand and that brand has foundational elements in it. And yes, you can change a brand, um, but with changing that brand, what people find that they enjoyed from it can go away and then they don't enjoy that brand no longer and it doesn't i just
1: enjoy gears tactics <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah i mean but i guess in a sense i mean for and i don't
1: hate gears after playing gears tactics
0: yeah i mean uh in the end i mean i really i the games are good it, it will be an interesting setting with the vikings but i just i i really wish they would just take some of the elements back from the original to make it an assassination game because i feel like there's no plan and that's the issue there's so many of these games and it feels like it's um, in a sense Call of Duty because you're releasing a game almost every single year and they kind sometimes touch each other in a sense of like connection, but they you could just play one and let it go. And I, I feel like the investment no longer is there for you to continue playing the series every single game, then why are you playing it every single game?
1: All right, let's start talking about the details of Valhalla, because we've just been talking about just Assassin's Creed in general so far. Um, So you play as uh, Avor, I believe is how you say the name. Uh, Avor can be a male or a female character. Um, There's tons of customization options. In fact, it sounds like they're completely removing leveling from this game, and everything else is going to be built on gear and your gear level. It's... Uh, sounds a whole lot like Destiny to me. They said uh, God
0: of War is the comparison.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which I'm obviously 100% okay with. Um, but yeah, you know, it got absurd, honestly, in Odyssey. Like, I'm playing Assassin's Creed. My character is like level like 79 or something. Like, I don't know. It just seemed a bit ridiculous um, because those games are so long and then they put out so much DLC. Uh, I think I like the concept of gear, but it does make me nervous that. They're trying to turn this into a churning game as a service, where people are just going to be constantly grinding to find to get that ultra rare chess piece or that helmet, or whatever else, or you know some weapon. That's I can't imagine that's going to be a thing. I hope not. But it
2: there's been tons of loot in the last two games anyway, and like that you you've never been at a disadvantage in that regard. Like. Um, there's no reason to grind that hard for something like that unless it's a multiplayer game and you really want a distinct advantage over another human being. Like in terms of like a single player game like this, there's never you're never going to hit a point where you absolutely have to have this special thing to be be competitive. Like it'll be fine. Like Ubisoft has never had a big problem balancing that kind of thing here. And if they're taking God of War as their template, even better. Um, my concern is more along the lines of um, will progression feel meaningful um in a way that odysseys didn't because odyssey eventually i hit a plateau where i felt like nothing could really kill me
1: yeah Um, i remember you showed it to me when i came over there i was like you're so you're so op compared to the game at this point
2: yeah and they Um, kept the you know the scaling kept up there but even with the scaling like keeping them within like three levels of you um by the time the last like 40 50 hours of the game like it, with the DLC and everything like I was almost literally a god like there was like yeah. no one could touch me unless I happened to run into something that like really bypassed my defenses in a weird way which happened a couple of times but in general I walked around that game with no
1: fear of anything and one thing um, I do like about Valhalla is that you can keep your gear so there's not a lot of churn with gear it's all about like upgrading it and decorating it and making it what you want so if you if you find a piece of gear in the game's first hour and you just like the way it looks and you want to keep that for your character you can do that all the way till the end of the game you can just keep buffing that original set of armor that you got when you when you started the game i mean you could do that That's cool. I like as well
2: that. you can do that honestly can you yeah you can buff things up, you can you can you I know, thought
1: it there was a certain point though where it became untenable. They changed some of that
2: in upg- updates. So okay. you can you can keep upgrading and upgrading and upgrading you okay. can also change it. the appearance of any piece of gear to look like any other piece of gear. Oh, okay. So I had... so Because you can't change the properties. You can't change, like, what an armor set does yeah. or, like, what a yeah. special, special... Ratings a, or whatever. But I found, like, some... You know, about halfway through the game, I found an armor set that I liked the best, and every time I would upgrade to a new set of high-level armor, I'd just go through with a cosmetic thing and change it to look like my favorite set. So um, this looks like it's going to have a little more... De- a little more, less... Magically turn it into something something that looks completely different and more like add like straps and and you know scalps. Or I don't know what I don't whatever whatever bear fur or something. You know, whatever you're gonna do, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what this what is this is gonna be.
1: Well, it um, looks like you can have a bear. Uh, they released the first <laughs> Im, the first image for the for DLC. It's like an exclusive mission because I guess you saw that they're shacking up with Xbox for this game. Yep. Uh, so the first DLC is exclusive to Xbox, and the the image for it is you with a bear. Hmm. So it looks like you're going to have like a polar bear that fights on your side. There's a lot more details we got to get through. Let's try to get through some of these. Um, The game takes place in Norway and England. There are three major cities that you visit, London, Winchester, and Jorvik. I probably pronounced that completely incorrectly, but I'll I'll take my lashes for that. Uh, You can dual wield almost any combination of weapons. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm going to use an axe and a bear. Well, the axe obviously is the one that they really focused on in the Mm -hmm. first trailer. Um, Classic Viking weapon. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't know what a classic Viking weapon is. What is it? Axes. It is it an axe? Is Is that that what they? Axes and a shield. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I guess they're they're keeping it authentic, but being able to dual wield any combo is is pretty cool. uh, they, the Hidden Blade is in the trailer. I wonder if you'll be able to dual-wield with the Hidden Blade as well. I'm not, not sure about that. I don't usually the Hidden Blade is kind of its own thing. Uh, it has skill trees. No, it
2: is. You're right. It is usually its own. It's a very tree. different take on the Hidden Blade. Um, Might be yeah. a special more ability
1: of, that you could it's it's activate. more of a Wolverine like thing. That could
0: be. Yep.
1: Um, let's see what else. I have a bunch of notes here. Uh, Ubisoft has described the game as brutal. Um, so if we're using that God of War comparison again, I'm wondering if they just kind of patterned a lot of stuff after God of War because God of War is also freaking brutal. Um, much yeah, I would not I that, that, I would that... use that word to describe Assassin's Creed in general. No, basically.
2: I wonder how much of that is like them describing the game and how much of it is them describing the cutscenes
1: Or them describing what it was like to create the game. Yeah. Well,
2: I, to me, that sounds like, like, oh, it's brutal in the sense that like, there's going to be some gnarly stuff in the story cutscenes. Yeah, more than the like, game say itself right. is going to be. Yeah, because I would say God of War's gameplay is brutal.
0: No, I think um, brutal means it's dismemberment. Like they're focusing on dismembering your enemy. So brutal as in mm. like you're chopping off their legs, their arms, their heads. Like, like Odyssey is already pretty violent, but man, this could take it a whole new level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's
2: there's some it is Vikings. You want
1: to you want to be authentic to the stereotypical Viking. Uh, one thing I was happy to hear from the development team, is that enemy variety was one of their big focuses for this game. They That is one serious shortcoming of Origins and Odyssey. That's true. And Although we, Odyssey got better with the DLC. They started adding yeah. more weird stuff. I them. mean, a prob- the part of the problem is, is that the games are just so long that you'd have to have so many different enemy types for them to not become repetitive. It's almost impossible. Or at least uh, just have
2: them fight a little differently.
1: Yeah, Like, uh, that could every,
2: help. like uh, At the very least, like... Um, a little more verve in how these... I just played something where I was impressed by I um, can't remember what it was now. But I was playing something I was impressed by how differently, like, a guy with a spear fought versus a guy with a sword or an axe. Uh, and I was like, I remember thinking, because it was right around the time Valhalla was, like, announced that the, the trailer hadn't hit yet, but it was coming. It was, like, the, that one-day space there. And I was remember thinking, because Assassin's Creed was on my mind, like, it'd be nice if the Assassin's Creed enemies... Had a little more specificity to them, and I mean, because like, obviously the spear guy in the sense Creed pokes with a spear, and you know, but like the whatever I was playing, like had different move, like like, it, it, like they fought different. Their footwork was different. It didn't different feel animation. like fighting... Yeah, it didn't feel like you were fighting just an ax guy with an axe versus a guy with a sword. Is then the difference is just sort of how fast he swings. It felt yeah. like the
1: axe guy was using different tactics.
2: Than yeah, I'm, the sword I'm very guy. happy
1: to hear that that was uh, something that they made a point to bring up on yeah. day one of Announce. So that means that they have really taken some time to work on it. I think
2: they are aware of that. I've, I've been saying for a while that like, I really like Origins and I really like Odyssey. Odyssey feels like a synthesis of what Origins was sort of a prototype of. But this next one is really going to prove whether this formula has legs or not or if they're just going to redo the same game over and over again.
1: Yep. Um, you have a long ship, so ship combat is in. Uh, you have a crew that you can train um, and improve over time. Again, something people really like from Assassin's Creed that's making a comeback. Doesn't seem like there's a lot that's changed uh, with how they're handling it, though. Um, one element of Assassin's Creed that seems to, like, come and go depending on the entry is the home base. Um, it's There have been so many versions of it sometimes the games go hardcore into it sometimes it doesn't exist sometimes it's just a very light kind of approach um but this time they're going all in again so you'll be recruiting people to when you recruit soldiers they become a part of your settlement um, and then they live in your settlement and then you grow your settlement um and you grow your clan that actually goes out on missions and fights with you so it sounds like The community angle of the game, I wouldn't say it's new because prior games have done it, but it looks like they're going back to the more hardcore approach on that stuff. Did you like those features in prior games, Matt? Yeah, I liked them. I don't
2: feel like they've ever gone far enough with them. Like the closest they got to really getting there, I think for me was uh, Brotherhood. Yep. Where that was you, what I was going to say. Like
1: yep. the, the and then they took huge step backs and, after yeah. that. Like it was yeah, really well, Assassin's,
2: weird. Assassin's Creed 3 is one giant step back. Like, yeah. I still, I mean, I don't like Revelation very much, just because it feels like a stopgap game made by people that didn't really understand how Assassin's Creed worked. Um, but Assassin's Creed 3, to me is where the series faltered and didn't recover until Origins, um, because Assassin's Creed 3 is where. Um, uh, some key people, including I think Patrice, left the the left the company, and the people Best who group. then moved in and took over uh, changed the control scheme. This is the thing that really was driven home to me when I replayed two in Brotherhood. Like the control you had over Ezio was astounding. Like yeah. I mean, even though I think the mission design really doesn't hold up today, like running around the the city and being able to control it just felt good. And then you go yeah. to to Assassin's Creed, climbing III, felt great. And, like, they it, they made it Assassin's Creed for dummies. And well, you could you, run in trees, though, man. Run in trees. Yeah, but it was all automatic. There was no, yeah. like, you you couldn't even control when you left cover anymore. Like, yep. that was the thing. The fact that the pre, the games previous to that had the thing where you hold the right trigger to go loud. Yep was great whereas that like you know assassin's i mean III that's III where the everything. game changed
1: let's be honest when they got I, rid
2: of that whole mechanic assassin's creed 3 made everything context sensitive so you just go in the bushes and he high jumps in the bushes but if you step out of that little zone that the developer t- said and this is a bush you just stand you know connor <laughs> would just stand <laughs> straight <laughs> up and i was like yeah. boom, you know like a, yep. yeah and that was a problem through black black flag as well black flag is great with the pirate stuff and the, the ship stuff as soon as they make you step foot on land you're playing a shitty Version of Assassin's Creed again, and especially and of course to make up for all that they added more eavesdropping missions. So the worst missions in all Um, that franchise's history. So and to this day, you know, to the end of that, even in Syndicate to some degree, you had that thing where they because they simplified, they would call it streamlining. I think they dumbed down the controls, and because of the dumbing down, giving you less control. You had things where these characters would just stick to stuff. I specifically remember, in especially Black Flag, where you'd be chasing someone and um, uh, what's his name, whatever his name was. I can't remember. The- I can't remember his name, the guy you play in that. But he would just running. You're just running down a street, and suddenly he just sort of jumps onto a barrel, like he just sort of hang, like or like cl- hops up on like a chair. And like you're like, I didn't tell you to do that, but he sort of auto moved to jump on the chair because the game thought if you're near a thing you can climb you're going to want to climb it and it's just
1: See, it, origins it broke had a so lot of much. problems with that where he would just attach to stuff and again this was before it was all patched or he would just like run no, on the origins a wall. had that
2: problem the origins, yeah. did, origins didn't have it as bad as some of them but it still had it honestly oh, yeah. really smoothed that out um, but it, it, right but assassin's creed 3 where they they ruined the controls is basically where they developed that, that problem does not exist in the SEO games yep. because you control when he sticks to stuff Yep. and and it's just it's just a shame what happened there but, well the
1: uh, good news is that there there are 12 12 studios working on this that's game a lot. 12 so you can't really pin it on anybody anymore it well, is really a collective when, effort I think you can
2: because like usually when you're dividing things up like that you're talking about like this studio did texture stuff or
1: this does does the audio or whatever someone is to blame for (laughs) for sticking to the barrel (laughs) and i will find you uh another another point is that valhalla is cross-gen so it's coming Mm -hmm. to this generation ps4 and xbox one but it's also coming to playstation 5 and xbox series x and to your point earlier about having uh more animation routines different ai That is something that could absolutely be done by the next generation consoles, but because it's a cross-gen game, the chances of that happening are probably, like, zero. Um, So, And that's just a drawback of the transition from one generation Mm -hmm. to another. You're going to get these games that are kind of hangovers, that aren't quite taking advantage of everything the new consoles can do, but I would also guess that it will be one of the top-selling PS5 and Xbox Series X games by the time the year is over. So, it is what it is. The games will look gorgeous, but you're not going to really see a lot of that next gen stuff. The visuals will be gorgeous. The load times will be gone. Yeah, I mean, even stuff. in the
2: trailer, I was like, "Wow, that's gonna that's what that's going to look like on the new systems." Like some of those big landscape shots, pretty crazy. Um, which is yeah. great. But, yeah, yeah I I'm think cool it will play very and everything.
1: similar. I, the trailer looks great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I all
2: the Assassin's Creed. I
1: mean, I'm you, always Assassin's in. Creed. I, I, I'm I do. Play it. I mean, I typically love the franchise, and I'm not. I do agree with Mitch that it has changed and agree with you that it has changed a whole lot. But the bottom line is that they've always been excellent video games. Um, And some people may like some entries more than others because they like one element of the franchise more than another. I just like it all because they're just high quality games that I feel like I can usually safely recommend to people I care about to buy. And they're not going to come back a month later and be like, bro, I hate you. So um i'm all in on valhalla it looks great it's coming out this year like i said cross gen um so unless can, the systems get delayed if this was what ubisoft was talking about that's that's true it's possible um but then you could still pick it up on your ps4 or your xbox yeah One i mean, I probably wouldn't wait if if they still brought out the current gen versions actually what will you do matt what if they put out the current gen versions in like late october and then the ps5 Xbox Series X version comes out in like November or early December. What would you do? Um, would you I, wait? I mean, it would probably depend on what else was coming out
2: around that time. But uh, if it was looking really good, I could, I would see my, I can see myself getting it um, either for the Xbox One X and hoping that it would be compatible when the new That's one came out. That's probably the way to do it. Or possibly just getting it on PC.
1: Yeah. That sounds like the way to go. Um, especially because 4
2: out in the cold. Yeah, especially because, I mean, I had I did play Origins twice. Um, if I had the time, I would think about playing Odyssey again. Um, but that's a long, it's a 170-hour game. Like this, I, it'd be a hard com- uh, commitment.
0: Well, if I remember um, right... So I wouldn't I be believe- too worried about
2: having to replay it on a new system.
0: I believe the Xbox version does have smart delivery. So if you it bought does, the Xbox yeah. version, you don't have to worry about the upgrade. But P- it PlayStation, does have smart you delivery. do.
1: Yeah, and I mean, well, yeah, because it's, I mean, it also isn't going to upscale games the way that the Xbox Series X is going to from Mm -hmm. Xbox,
2: so... I mean, I would probably stick with Xbox on this one also because of the the DLC deal and the exclusive, you know, I, I tend to, like, kind of lean Xbox in terms of power, but in terms of, like, early on where you can't tell which system to do it with, I tend to lean towards whichever one has the marketing deal because it means you'll get stuff first and it's kind of the lead platform.
0: Yep.
1: Um, And then the last thing thing I should mention before we go is that they have confirmed, the developers confirmed, that the Assassins and the Templars are in there. But just the fact that they have to mention that Mm -hmm. really does show you where the franchise is right now. Sort of. I mean, the the, the weird thing is that Odyssey was a prequel. Like,
2: it's weird that you made a game called Origins, and then you made a game that takes place (laughs) place before it. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's weird. Um, Like, it's worth it because the ancient Greek setting is really cool, Yeah, but... It's we, you know this is the first game to continue the story on from Origins so we get to see how things have evolved in the you know intervening like whatever how many years, whatever this could probably going to be like 1100 years or something yeah um a lot can happen <laughs> in 1000 years it's and true. apparently, and i guess they didn't want to do a dark ages game but um it's uh and you are closing in like you're within a couple centuries of Altair at this point so there might yeah. be some connective tissue happening here so, Mitch,
1: how? What about you, man? You 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 were pretty pissed off about it. I mean, are I'm, you are you interested?
0: Are you gonna play it? No, I'll play it. I mean, I I just wanted to lay my beef out there and you know just let people know my thoughts of the franchise going into the future. But you know, again, they're good games. I actually enjoyed this more than I enjoyed The Witcher Three because it's not breaking on me constantly. Mm. So yeah, um, even though the story mission, I mean, the side missions in Witcher are much better, but it's a better functioning game in my, in my regard. cleaner
1: code for sure.
0: For sure. So I am interested in this one and I am looking forward to doing a Viking rap battle. Like that will be fun. (laughs) So uh, and tattoos all over my body. You know, there's a lot of cool immersive (laughs) elements that the game transitioning this way does help. And I think I'm excited about what they do with the, the, the time periods going forward. And I'll just play it for that.
1: Okay. All right. It's time for our Q&A, folks. So get your questions into chat at Sifted Games. It makes it a lot easier for us to see them. Uh, While you guys are asking some questions, I'm going to scroll up and see if I can find any Twitch Prime to thank people for. I think I saw Gurzilla earlier had uh, subscribed. Uh, And once again, it's cut off. I don't know why my chat does this. It'll only scroll back up so far and like all the chat from early on in the show is gone. It's a memory thing
0: down, um, but there wasn't very many in the middle of the stream.
1: Okay, cool. I just want to try to get everyone if I can. Uh, And thanks to the two guys who were handing out subs earlier, Uh, sound wizard. And it was the other one, tiny two K I think. Yeah. Two K. Yeah. Thanks you guys. That's awesome. Uh, Sifters. I hope you're thanking them for spreading the love. Uh, Let's see, some questions. Uh, Kevin Rafa, which game do you miss in this generation? I guess he's saying what franchise that Mm -hmm. no longer exists do you miss this this time around. Mass Effect. Yeah, that'll probably be everyone's number one is my guess. Because I know another game
2: came out with the title on it, but that wasn't Mass Effect. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that you leave it alone. Um, I don't really want more Mass Effect. I just want a remaster. Um, The other thing I would probably go with is Star Wars. Like mm. this, it's old gener- I thought this generation because I have a whole bunch of Star Wars games and we got two Battlefronts and a, I mean a good Fallen Order game, but like nothing. Now at this point, I'm jonesing for that Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga game just to have more Star Wars content. <laughs> kind of, I mean, just get on with it. This one's easy for
1: me. I mean, it's it's Metroid. <laughs> Metroid wasn't even here last generation. That's what I'm <laughs> so saying. Like, so if there's one that I'm missing, there you go. Hopefully that gets remedied I mean, soon. We got, the, we got the 3DS one. Yeah. I mean, I don't count when he says, like, this generation. I don't count, like, handhelds and that. But, mm-hmm. um... And that Metroid game was good. So. I'll take what I
2: can. Beggars can't be choosers with Metroid. We have to
1: take what we can get. I mean, <laughs> we don't have a choice. Hopefully, that's rectified soon. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping we see
2: whatever Mercury team has been working on. I hope I hope we get a, a new Metro game from them. It would be this nice. Year. Absolutely,
0: for sure. I'm missing uh, another Portal game. That's what Portal. I want. Yeah.
1: Now that Valve is back in li- alive and kicking. Um, Maybe it's a possibility now that we get a new portal. For a long time, I really didn't think it was possible. I didn't really think it was going to happen. My thing with that
2: would be that the people who wrote those games aren't there anymore. Mm. And I would not really want to see them attempt it without the people who wrote, uh, without Eric and Chet.
1: I mean, let's be honest. That's what made that game. Yep. I mean, the writing was amazing. The voice acting obviously carried it, but the writing is really what set it all.
2: Those games were written by the guys who did Old Man Murray if you remember that site. Yeah, I do. I never um, remember very we well. Th- used. Does it still
1: exist or is it gone now?
2: Oh, it's good. That shut down like 2003, 2002. Oh, wow. It's still, right. up, it's still up there. I think you can still see it, but they haven't written anything new for it since they got hired for actual real writing gigs. Um, but those 92K, guys... k
1: 2000 bits. Thank bro. Thanks bro. Those guys, yeah, those. that's who wrote
2: Portal, the Portal games is yeah. the people who did that and okay. uh, which was a
1: site that we used as a template for X-Play when we were developing that. Yep. That Rune uh, review... That's right. ETH Demon, um, he brings up something that maybe we should have mentioned in the show. Uh, What are your predictions for the Xbox event? Uh, There's an event this Thursday. We should have mentioned also during the Assassin's Creed section that Assassin's Creed Valhalla's gameplay is most likely to be be debuted on Thursday at the Xbox event. The Xbox event is all third-party. It is not any first-party stuff. Uh, Although today, Phil Spencer said that Series X and Halo Infinite still confirmed for holidays this year. So take that for what it's worth. But anyway, back to E.thema's question. Uh, what are your predictions for the event, Matt?
2: Well, I'm thinking probably some Halo. Um, they said no first party, only third oh, party. Oh, no first party? Yeah. God, who knows then? Maybe, maybe probably gameplay for Assassin's Creed. And um, maybe, some, maybe they'll show uh, uh, Watch Dogs Legion again.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to Um, expect. That's it, makes it exciting. (laughs) It's like new COD. Oh, it's about time. Yeah, it is. No, this is the time. So, if you go back and look, Activision unveils the new Call of Duty within the first two weeks of May every year, Mm -hmm. every year without fail. You do an event in the first week of May, and then you see like the first look at maybe the campaign, and then at E3. They blow out the multiplayer, and you get to check mm-hmm. out the multiplayer. So we are due. You're absolutely right. It could be there's again rumors floating around that it, the next Black Ops is called a Call of Duty Vietnam. It's not going to use the Black Ops name, but it's supposed to be set in the same universe. Um, it's like a reimagining of Black Ops Two, I think it was. Hmm. Um, so it's possible. It's very possible that we see it. Although there's also word flying around that it's in development hell. Yeah, um, and that Treyarch had to come in and save the project. Pipe train
2: to level three. My, my long shot, uh, just thing I'd want to see is um,
1: the Kotor remake. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, third party wise, there's not a lot of stuff that isn't that isn't known. No, in I all mean, honest. I mean, you could show. I guess you could like FIFA. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. sports
0: games, so Madden, you show Madden FIFA, yeah, NHL, MP2K. And they're, you
1: know what? Third parties are going to want to show their games on Series X. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to be, the games are going to look better, much more quickly on Series X than they are on PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. They may ultimately look a little better on PS5 once developers have worked with them for a while. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't but, be shocked to see a pretty big yeah. FIFA thing Me either. on this. Because it's huge. It's like the second best-selling game in the world. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. And if they sign a deal with EA for FIFA, that could be freaking huge. So,
2: I'd also that, like to see a little something about Elden Ring, but I feel like we're not going to get that this
1: year. It might be perfect timing for that, though.
2: Um, might be, I, but I don't think it's, it's going to be, I think it's
1: late next year. Because I, think, I think what you're going to gonna look ready. at is you're going to see Microsoft getting out ahead of PlayStation announcing its marketing partnership. So it's going to, mm-hmm. even though we know already that Ubisoft is working with Xbox on Valhalla, there's a Call of Duty. I mean, next gen Call of Duty could yeah. become an Xbox franchise again. They could your announce, sides. They could announce that on Thursday that DLC will be coming first to Xbox Series X instead of PlayStation Five. So yeah. there could be some big stuff going down on Thursday. Even though we're not going to see any of Halo Infinite or any of Microsoft's other first party stuff, so I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. Be on sifted on Thursday. We'll have it
0: curated and pinned to the top of everyone. Have sits. to show us
2: what that Fable game looks like eventually. Yep.
0: Well, just to clarify one of your statements, Shane, uh, first party stuff, I'm looking at a screen to read it, so, um, is uh, that July is when they will show off first party, um, it's a first party showcase.
1: Okay, that makes sense. That'll give them plenty of time, that's a good three or four month buffer for people to to, uh, digest everything and start planning, you know, what they're going to buy and how much they're going to spend, so Mm. it makes sense. Um, Tomb Raiders, we answered that one already. Um, SJD Swanlin, are you excited for the t- Taika Waititi Star Wars film? Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi. I don't even know who he is. I saw it he, on he
0: directed, like,
2: he directed Thor Ragnarok and uh Jojo Rabbit. He's and a the
0: last okay. episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, okay. he's,
2: he's uh, yeah, he's he's uh, if if I had a top like three hot directors now, I'd want to direct a Star Wars movie, he'd be one of them easily so uh yes that's a very that's very good news and very exciting news and we'll see what he does with it yeah okay.
0: and i watched the documentary series um just yes the other day and it talked about the directors and hearing what he had to say made me more excited about him directing an actual film
1: ride rock was great so i'm in and he's doing uh, the next one too oh great oh uh, now people Thunder. are subscribing um emperor dread thank you for subscribing um one super master gamer thank you for twitch prime mega drive guy thank you for twitch prime you guys remembered last week where i said wait until the end that's
2: awesome oh and it's about time it's about time to see arkham isn't it that's
1: true that's true that's a
0: good point matt oh snap well they were gonna do it at e3 so this might be too soon maybe because all bets are off now all bets are off now (laughs) I'm just thinking like all of a sudden we're we thinking have to see it's going to be like a the next two hour <laughs> event well, Hala, with so I guarantee
1: ther- that was supposed to be an E3 reveal and well, now we got it in a month earlier. Yeah, so. or
2: it was supposed to be like a May like Judges Week reveal right. and then gameplay at E3. Yep. Like um, we we're, we're just we're hitting that point where we'd start to see stuff and start to see leaks. Be interesting to see what the leaks are this year if that happens cuz if you don't have to transport all your shit to E3 like that leak opportunity is not really there anymore that's yeah, less so if for you don't sure. like if you don't like the e3 spoilers this might be your year uh, yep there's no e3. We'll still,
0: still screw it up somehow
2: well <laughs> when you got 12 studios somebody's gonna tell somebody something so somebody's uh, gonna leave a laptop on the plane again
1: like <laughs> <they always> or <do. laughs> on the subway uh darmist score fear wampler 13 thank you for twitch prime you guys rock Any interest? This is from Congram One. Any interest in returning to Mortal Kombat 11 for the story expansion? That was just leaked today or announced today. Uh, Seems to set a precedent for fighting games with an ongoing story. Yes. Hell yes.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be into that. I mean, I wish there was more of that. Like, especially with, I mean, especially from Netherrealm, just because they're the ones who do it the best stories in in those games. Yep. Uh, And I hope
1: uh, I'd like to see Injustice 3 at some point. If anything, I just want to support it um to encourage it in the future so yeah i will definitely dig in uh we got some new emotes from the hype train thanks everybody uh i saw justin or jonathan justin Horman, i think just gave us like a thousand bits or something you guys are flipping awesome uh let's see uh mike's q will any of you play them's fighting herds i'm not even sure what that is
2: that was a uh, fan-made My Little Pony fighting game. Oh. C&D, <laughs> so they just turned it into a bunch of different animals fighting. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. I have not played it, but uh, I've watched some like one-off tournaments of it, and it was it, it's fun. I mean, it's basically, it's like it plays like Marvel. Looks like <laughs> Vincent.
1: This is crazy. I will. I mean, I'll check it out. I probably won't play it. I'll watch it on YouTube. Now that I know what it is. It's been uh, around for- a while. Okay. Um, I have heard about it. I had heard about heard. (laughs) Yeah, get it. it? I had heard about it Uh, from Vincent on the TV in the back. This is interesting. On the TV in the background while watching Game Face today, I saw there was a commercial for Snow Runner on Food Network. Hmm. What's the strangest game you've seen a commercial for in mainstream media? Bonus points if it's a strange bit. Wow. Mm. That's hard. I mean, Daikatana back in the day, Mm. like it had commercials and the game ended up being awful. Um, But a lot of bad games have had commercials. Not so much anymore, though. Publishers have started to figure out, okay.
2: Yeah, people are more savvy now in terms of making commercials that make more sense. Going through some of these old game (laughs) magazines has been amazing just in terms of what qualified as actual advertising. <laughs> Especially like a lot of the Sega, like the Genesis era stuff, where it's just like, it's just a two-page spread of insults to me. Like, it's just it's yeah. like, it's like, you're too pathetic to get a girlfriend, so why don't you play our games? You'll like, never
1: right. win, so yeah. lose in Sonic. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they used to attack people. I mean, there's a talk, it's it's interesting though, there, for whatever reason, there is an appeal to people when they are berated. There's uh-huh. a sports talk guy that I listen to in Pittsburgh during the day while I'm working. All he does, literally, it's a call-in show, and he calls every caller an idiot, a moron, okay. a buffoon, and they just keep calling in. And he is the most popular sports talk guy in Pittsburgh. His show is tops in the ratings, and he literally calls every one of his fans slash listeners a moron or an idiot, and he's not joking about it. He's serious there, and he the people just keep coming. So there's something there. Like there's some, there's a certain type of person who resonates with that for some yep. reason. I'm not one of them, but there there are people out
0: there that are like that. Is he um, as serious as Alex Jones on eating his neighbors?
1: Oh, exactly. That's right. He said he was gonna he'd eat his neighbors if he had to. <laughs> I'm going to eat my neighbors. I'll He's say this: his daughters, uh, pretty but good, not man. his son. He won't <laughs> feed his son. He'll my feed his daughters, daughters You're, daughters not, not
0: gonna
1: die. <laughs> you're so pretty weirdo. good, man. Yeah, Justin actually gave us 1,500 bits. Thank you, man. That's freaking awesome. Let's see if we have any more questions. Uh, Scorpio, do you see Sony trying their own version of Game Pass? Something better than PlayStation Now? No. I think PlayStation Now is their Game Pass. Yeah, I don't think
2: Sony will... I think Sony might dip their toe in that idea, but I don't think they're going to jump in with both feet like Microsoft did.
1: I don't think Sony can afford to lose money like Probably Microsoft not. can. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the rub. Microsoft can lose just gobs of money knowing that it maybe is placing a bet on Series X to lead next generation. Sony can't bleed money like that, especially now. Uh, it's a consumer electronics company. That's where it makes all its money. It doesn't make its money selling like licenses for Windows. So... It, it's it's also not done particularly well for the last like decade and it's other consumer electronics departments. It's it's just not in the same position to be able to do
0: that. So and the other thing would be why would you do it? To be honest, I mean they have a top echelon of first party that people are willing to pay sixty dollars for. Yeah. Why put that for free when Microsoft actually has something to prove compared to Sony? They don't have to prove anything with their first party mm-hmm. at this moment with their track record.
2: Yep, yep, for sure. I did have a thing in, in this magazine I found this week that I wanted to read. Okay. Um, because we've talked about kind of the worry about originality and how, like, there's no originality in games or, like, whether everything's neat, you know, clones or whatever. And I have repeatedly said that's just something people complained about since the 80s. Uh-huh. And so this is, this is from the October 1992 issue of Video Games, Computer Entertainment Magazine. Um, like cover, the first video game magazine. Yeah, the cover story is uh, is Sonic Two. So remember, this is a letter that somebody wrote to them. It's In nineteen ninety two, the heyday of the Genesis, uh, <laughs> the this, Super uh, Nintendo had just been out for about six months. Yeah, um, Zelda: Link to the Past was on the way. Super Mario World had just come out. Sonic Two was about to be out, like that month. Like this is the heyday of video games. Okay, remember, remember, nineteen ninety two is when this is being written. I'm going to skim through it a little bit, but he basically says, so this guy says, uh, the, the reference to the problem here, I'm talking about is Andy Eddy's opening editorial, Andy Eddy editor in chief of here. Yep. And the, We've and the game doctors reply. Time. The problem is the lack of truly enjoyable games to play on today's systems. Andy Eddy's editorial hit the problem on the head when he pointed out that if the games aren't fun, even the best system specs won't make them any better. He sees simplicity and durable gameplay as the defining features of a great game, not how good the graphics and sound are. And the last time I checked, the great board games that have endured over time had rather poor graphics. But they're simply fun to play and easy to grasp. Why aren't the games that much fun to play anymore? The Game Doctor had it pegged. Too many games today require you to conquer them. Once that's done, the game loses its appeal. Classic games like Missile Command, Asteroids, and Tetris cannot be conquered. You can get good at them, but the end is always you lose your last man, and the game beckons you to see if you can reach just one more more difficult level of play. The conquerable games are too, all too often take the shape of a horizontally scrolling run-and-jump contest that makes you wish Pitfall had never been written. The way companies keep coming out with these Me Too rehashes of what is becoming an extremely tired play mechanic.
1: How about some originality and variety? Now, to be fair, that was the end of the 2D era. And at that point, they had kind of squeezed everything out of those machines that they could. They tried 3D with Star Fox and... No, they hadn't. This is 1992. Oh, right. That That is before that. That is before that. None of
2: this has happened yet. The the Genesis was barely two years old. The Super Nintendo had only been out since 91. That's true. Like, that's good. This was the heyday of 2D games. This is when everything was the best (laughs) it ever would be,
1: 2D wise. For 2D. Yeah. But this is
2: someone who grew, you know, that guy's probably, you know, in his late 20s and he grew up in the arcade scene in the early 80s and he doesn't understand all this newfangled home console stuff. And to be fair, yes, uh, if you were using an NES at, uh, back through the late 80s, the Mario clones were out of control, like just because it was the easiest kind of game to make on the system. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying, I, just, I thought that letter was amazing. And also the, the response, they agree with him. They're like, yeah, we really oh, like, do. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh, everything looks so, so boring and unoriginal. Now we're worried that the crash of 83 is going to repeat itself soon.
1: Eight Um, years later,
2: like nine years later, because that's the uh, reading. uh, There's a lot more letters like that over in this section of the era of the magazine, because they were coming up in the ten-year anniversary of the big crash. Everyone was like terrified it was about to happen again. Like there's a lot of editorials about how like. You know is this just a thing video games are going to do periodically every decade? Every then, yeah, every 10 yeah. years or so, when we get a little too big for our britches, and it's like, <laughs> that no. didn't happen. Yeah, um, but I just think that's interesting. It, it was hilarious to me that it's like this guy's writing about writing it's about the original, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you could do you could go out and buy
1: Mario World right now, like, yeah, it's, yeah, like, and here yeah. we are 20 some years later, <laughs> and we're still talking about it, yeah, 28 yeah. years later, yeah, it's the
2: same complaint. 28 years, 20 later. years from now, people are going to be like, what happened to all the
1: real original <laughs> games like God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn? I know, I know. It's nuts. It is. All right, that's it for episode 210 of Game Face. Thanks for the great questions. Thanks for all the Twitch Prime. Thanks for all the bits. Thanks for people just coming in and throwing around subs in our, in our chat. This is why you guys got to show up for the live show. You get free subs from our other users. Um, if you want to help us out, please head over to patreon.com sifted. We are 100% supported by patrons and basically donations. We have no ad revenue to speak of. We're an ad-free website, so we need your donations to survive. So if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, head on over and kick us a buck or two. If you want to find us on social media, you can find the site at Sifted Games. If you're watching this on YouTube, and you want alerts as to when new episodes go up or when our stream is going live, make sure you follow us on Twitter. If you want alerts for anything we do, that's always the best place to follow us. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Dinfire. Matt is at M Kyle. that's M-K-E-I-L. And Mitch is at Mitch Sikor, S-I-K-O-R. On behalf of my two bros and behalf of myself, we'll see you next Tuesday here on Twitch. Game Face is up and out.